what it's all for. It's all about this. You play for this. No matter what level you're at, you play for championship. What up, what up, what up, man? It might be a little loud. I got a little spray paint going on in my room. Don't trip on it. Um, appreciate everybody. Welcome to the Coach JB Show, the new Coach JB Show. As in me, my motherfucking self, Coach JB, right here, live. Appreciate everybody coming in. Um, let's try to start this over, man. Got me a new drink. Same drink as yesterday. We're going to start all over. Fucking get it cracking. Uh, much love with what everyone's, what's going on. Appreciate you guys. Um, a little revamp a little bit. Got to change, change a few logos around and, and, and do a few things, but it's all gravy. It's, uh, we're all getting it cracking, ready to go for the Coach JB show today as a special guest, former NFL and Crimson Tide Alabama running back Trent Richardson will be joining us in about 30 minutes. And uh, just confirmed it. We got him coming in. <clears throat> so we'll talk all things football, life, and uh, his NFL and college career. What he thinks about this weekend's games, Alabama, and their run for a natty. And uh, all things Colts and Cleveland Browns, two teams he was with and had some success with. So we're all here. Appreciate you coming on in. It's going to be action-packed today. We're going to talk all things. Plus, Brandon Lang, 3 o'clock, will give us his picks of the weekend and uh, get it going. So, appreciate you. Um, yeah, man, there's nothing really to say. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I tried it out. Me and Sarah, we tried it out. We, we, we agreed to, uh, to that it wasn't going to work, and we moved on, dog. It is what it is. There's no reason to... Um, Cry over spilt milk, no ill will, no hard feelings, none of that. We keep it moving, and um, I have no issue, dog. I like Sarah. Sarah's going to do great things, and best of luck to her. And, it, you know, some things don't fit. It is what it is. But, you know, uh, I'm not going to say nothing else about it. It is what it is, dog. We keep it pushing. So the train don't stop. It just don't stop for nobody. So I wish her the best. And uh, she'll do great things, man. So we got it cracking here on the show. Hey, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. This show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Also, CandidateCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB. Also, we got a couple of new sponsors coming our way next week. So we'll be announcing those as well. So lot, 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 lot to discuss today. And uh, we're going to keep it going. So... Isaac Lawrence, he's not coming back. So you can wish in one hand and shit in the other one. See which one fills up first, motherfucker. <laughs> um, all right, so 
Get you the quote of the day, man. Matt McChesney joined me this morning. We had a good talk about last night's debacle with the fucking Denver Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts. It was absolutely horrific to watch. Um, it was it was real bad, man. It was real bad. And uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. So uh, make sure you head on over to CanadaDipCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB, all caps. Um, we also are going to have Roman as a new sponsor starting next week. They're the dick card peel, if you don't know about them. They get your dick rock if you guys all need it. It was similar to Bluetooth, but they're much better. They're going to do a lot of other things uh, for you, so make sure you uh, stay tuned for that ad read. And we also have another one called, uh, we'll get to it on next week. We'll let you know who it is and what they are. Um, but we're getting ads now. The show's growing. Much love to everybody in here. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe. And become a member because we will be members only. Plus, we have a Discord coming. So make sure you understand that and get ready for the Discord. So stay tuned for that. Um, solo Dolo Flow. Hey, it is what it is, dog. All gas, no brakes. Um, much love to Sarah, like Lucy said. But, you know, hey, dog. I can't look in the rearview mirror, brother. I ain't going that way. So... It is what it is. Um, I think I called it 9-6 on the game yesterday between the Broncos and the Colts, and it ended up 12-9. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the deal is. So, uh, Also, um, it's crazy that uh, a lot of people don't grasp and understand. Um, a lot of people are commenting on YouTube about the transfer portal, and I was like, damn, I don't understand where you're getting your data from because KU does not have 20-something transfers like you guys all thought. And I don't understand where you guys are getting your information from, but it is very, very old information to say the least. So we're not going to get into that, though. Uh, Can of Kiss Gaming is in, uh, in the house. Appreciate you. Um, quote of the day. Let me get you started. Um... Right here. The greater the obstacle, the more glory in overcoming it. Hey, dog, it's just a fitting-ass quote, and it is what it is. The greater the obstacle, the more glory in overcoming it. And that's what it is. That's bottom line. Make sure that, hey, dog, I love obstacles. Motherfucker makes me take a Roman and makes my dick hard. I like overcoming that shit. And I love doing shit someone told me I could not do. It is the greatest feeling on earth, doing something they said you could not do. So, please, we're going to dive into that. Um, we're going to dive into all things. Um, yes, sir, Coach Davis. Get after it, dog. Get after it. Or book me on a cameo, or, or we'll do a live video. I'll get your motherfucking players ready all day long. Love doing it. Um, Make sure you're genuine when you get players ready. That's all that matters. You don't got to do nothing else. You just got to be genuine and have some shit behind your neck. And uh, their ass will run through a fucking wall for you. Um, lots to discuss today, man. We got a great show. Trent, Trent Richardson is going to join us. And he's going to get us uh, get us going, man. If you guys remember who he was, he was a 1,000-yard back with the Colts, the Browns. Uh, I think he had 11 touchdowns his rookie year for the Browns. Uh, he was traded to the Colts with Andrew Luck. And he had a couple decent years, and then uh, he got he went to the CFL, he went to the uh, AAF, which ultimately folded. And we're gonna get into those things. Um, we're gonna get to that thing after this. So, 
Appreciate everybody joining us. Pound the like button. Subscribe. Make sure you become a member if you're not one, man. Um, let's get into this game last night, man. The Colts beat the Broncos. I discussed it this morning on the show. And he was drafted third overall, I believe. Is he, was he third overall or fourth? I believe he was third overall. I'm not sure. But we're still in the foreplay because now I like foreplay. I'm single again. You know what I'm saying? I am single again, Lucy. So let's get the foreplay cracking. I like, I, I, I like being single. Um, you know, it's all good. It's all good. Um, I'm just kidding. I was always single, but I'm back solo on the show. Um, for all you coaches out there that uh, don't understand or don't know, I'm going to be launching a last chance Q quarterback academy, basically online, virtual, and in person. Got to pay, though, for the in-person. You got to pay on virtual, too. But we're going to be doing a monthly setup. I'm going to be doing a monthly fee. I'm going to be breaking down all quarterbacks. I get so many DMs from kids wanting me to evaluate their film. Want, kids want me to go uh, coach them. Coaches want me to coach their kid. All that shit. So I say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to start me up a deal. See what cracks. And uh, I'll be launching that soon. Also, um, uh Mac, I don't know if we have the picture. We don't have the picture of my uh, cigar logo today, huh? Uh, is it in the thing? Uh, okay. I got a new logo because, like I said, October 22nd, uh, I'll be launching my Slapdick Cigars Cuban Lajero Leaf, and that is going to be on October 22nd, meet and greet, High Times Wines and Spirits, Costa Mesa, California, in basically Newport Beach. I will be having a meet and greet. And I uh, hope you guys can join me, whoever's in California. So a lot of shit going on right now, man, in my world. So uh, just stay tuned. I'll be marketing everything and all that. So, yeah, I know. I know. I know, uh, Joseph Allen. Uh, you're a troll, though. So it doesn't matter. And there, just so you know, I'm not going to put, put personal business out there, but there was never any pay discussion. So you understand that, world. So, it is what it is. Um, if people think they're going to make money in two months on a YouTube show, then I think you should probably reconsider what you're doing. Because if it was about money, brother, this probably wasn't for you. So, I'll leave it at that. And I'll be politically correct as possible. So, um, Joseph Allen, you sound like a bitch. You may be her husband. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's the funny part about it. Motherfuckers be making fake accounts and shit coming up in the chat. That shit is comical to me. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, gotta keep moving, dog. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't lie. I don't make up lies. So that's just what it is. Like, the truth hurts people, bro. That is real talk. The truth hurts folks. And I'm sorry that some people can't handle that shit. But I'm sorry that I'm going to be truthful every day because I just, I don't like remembering shit, dog. I do not remind, I don't like remembering shit. So I ain't going to make up no lie. So it is what it is. Um, Colts beat the Broncos in overtime in a fucking 12-9 thriller last night. And the game included seven field goals, seven field goals, no touchdowns, four interceptions, six fumbles, and mind you, I'll eat crow, but I'm not eating crow yet. I'm not eating crow yet. Uh, but I did, re I did say that those two teams were going to be in the fucking 
AFC title game. And it is what it is, dog. And there is still a lot of season, a lot of time to change, um, get better, etc. But Russell Wilson looks like a conspiracy theorist. Um, Joseph Allen, well, you're either a snitch, a troll, or a bitch. I don't know which one you are. <laughs> so become a member because one, you're one of those three things right now. Um, Russell Wilson uh, looks like he either is fat and out of shape, like Matt McChesney mentioned this morning on the show. He is either uh, he is either out of shape, pussy whipped, or just flat out fucking tapped out after he got the bag. I don't know which one it is, but it looks like Pete Carroll was smarter than everybody thought. It looks like we have a reason to worry in Denver. The the coaching looks like atrocious. The 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 coaching is absolutely atrocious. All right, and uh, it is absolutely unbelievably bad. Um, Uni picks you break her off, bitch made motherfucker. You go break her off then, homie. If you know exactly what we make, go go break her off. Dumb motherfucker. I love my troll, hater-ass, bitch-made cats. I love it. Make sure you go to CoachJBStore.com and get you a bitch-made hat cap. Okay? Make sure you get that, uh, uni. And make sure you rock it pridefully because that's what you are, it looks like. Make sure you get a don't-be-a-bitch-made shirt, which I will wear in front of uni, who will be wearing that hat. All right? So make sure you guys do that for me. Um... That game last night might have been the worst football game of all time. Plus, I want to just discuss before Trent Richardson gets on, um, Amazon Prime is fucked. Amazon Prime is absolutely fucked. I don't give a fuck. If you're in L.A. or Cali, Amazon bandwidth is not enough to support a stream of a football game. I'm just keeping it real. Everyone I know is struggling to watch Amazon on Thursdays. But as soon as the game's over, I go right on Amazon and have no issues. So don't tell me, it's your internet. No, it's fucking not my internet. It is fucking what it is. It's bad on Thursdays only. I got great internet. I watched the live last night on YouTube live right afterwards. Clear as fuck. Clear as fuck. So it's all right. Trust me. Go ahead and uh, keep talking about my internet. It's 70% of the country's having issues on Thursday night with Amazon. Montana. I get, I get hit up by people in Montana that has nine people in the state. My internet's fine. Because nobody's using it. Nobody's fucking using it. You know what I mean? It's, nobody's using it. Hey, dog, remember? Sarah makes a million dollars a year on OnlyFans, Uni. That's what she told me. So, I mean, if she needs a little $30, $40, dog, there's a problem, right? But you know, right, motherfucker? So, shut the fuck up. So, Russell Wilson does not look like himself. He missed a wide-open guy last night. It looked very, very bad. Uh, They got two fucking first downs in the first half. And Matt Ryan threw the ball 41 times uh, for 250, two two picks. And then coming back home... Lindsey comes back, a Colorado native, played at Colorado, played it for Denver, undrafted free agent that ran for 2,000 yards back-to-back seasons, 1,000-yard rusher. 
he came back and, and combined for 102 yards with a guy named Jackson. Taylor was out. And then Russell Wilson was 21-39, 274. So he fucking struggled. He struggled. Um, Gordon had 15 carries for 54 yards. He struggled. And I think the Boone kid should get the, get the rock a lot more. He should get the rock much more than he's getting. I'm just going to tell you right now. So that is my opinion of their offense. Their offense is bad. Denver's offense is bad. Two horrible-looking coached football teams last night. Frank Reich looks like he's over his head. Uh, that's probably why they lost to the fucking Jags last year to get in the playoffs. And Denver looks absolutely atrocious with their head coach, who coached Aaron Rodgers. So, of course, he gets a pass. And his offense and management of the game looks absolutely fucking atrocious. That just is what it is. So, Uni, where you at, dog? Oh, I thought, why are you guys talking back no more, motherfucker? Because you know so much. Um, I want to get into a few things real quick, all right? First of all, I want to get into this slide right here. I would rather have Anthony Richardson than Stetson Bennett. Bomani Jones said yesterday that he would rather have Anthony Richardson than the national championship leading Georgia-led quarterback Stetson Bennett. Now, this is a guy who uses race as much as possible and has never, ever fucking played the position, the sport, anything. Bamani fucking Jones. He also, by the way, has literally the worst rated show on ESPN and got a contract extension of all things. Of all things. He got a contract extension and is absolutely has the worst show on ESPN. But this guy has no facts, can't back it up, and wants to talk about Anthony Richardson being better than Stetson Bennett. Right now, Stetson Bennett, if they were going to go any feeder to me, is probably the Heisman front runner. But Richardson, who, albeit a very athletically gifted kid, can't throw, can't hit water if he fell out of a boat, can't read a fucking defense, can't throw a hitch ball on time, can't fucking get out from his own way, he can't understand to climb the pocket, and he's absolutely horrible. Okay? So, sorry, that just is what it is. Um, so, we'll get rid of Steve, he's a dick rider troll. I mean, it is what it is. We're, we know we're going to get trolls in here. So, Bomani... Jones is an is a joke, and he is absolutely horrible. So, uh, I, I had to show that uh, anyone that thinks that is unbelievable. Um, this was funny. I thought right now. Um, I don't know if you saw the tweet though that my main man um, retweeted last night or today. I'm not sure when. Um, Shady McCoy. Did you see the tweet that he put out? He put out a tweet that I thought was fucking hilarious um, addressing, uh, he was addressing, what's his name? Where the fuck is the tweet at, dog? It's so hard to find shit in here. Um, There's a tweet that basically Shady McCoy made to RG3, who a lot of players do not like, by the way, talking shit to RG3 um, about... um, you were you had many more bad fucking looks than this. 
<laughs> you would look way worse than this. RG3 is corny as fuck, dog. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real. I don't know how he keeps getting a gig. I do not know how he keeps getting a gig. Um, but I want to get into something real fucking quick though. Uh, on this early portion of the show, um, Draymond Green, who I've been on this show saying many times, what have I called Draymond Green on this show? Anyone remind me? Because I think I've called him a bitch-made cat several times for a long time. I said he is the epitome of a fake-ass good boy. So if you don't know what a fake-ass good boy is, let me explain what it is. A fake-ass good boy in my my world is a cat that comes to you and he says, yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, sir, thank you, ma'am, and he plays the game. And behind the scenes, though, he is... Smoking weed, disrespecting women, late to school, late to class, stealing in in Walmart. He's the kid, and then you see him, and he's like, "Hey, coach, how you doing? I had a great day today." And da 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 da. So he's a cat that I just have no respect for. I've always said that. I think he's well, way, way overrated. Even though he does lead that team. In so many ways. Um, but also, <laughs> I want to show this. This is the tweet LaShawn McCoy made to RG3. Damn, bro, take it easy on him. You have a lot more experience in this moment than Russ. That's what I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re. I'm going to retweet it for him because LaShady McCoy is illiterate as a motherfucker and he can't write. So I'm going to write for him. So what he should have said was, damn, bro, comma, take it easy on him. LOL, I guess. You have had much worse situations than Russ, and you've been looked at way harder than Russ has been looked at right now. That's what I'm going to redo for him, since we don't understand what the Shady McCoy said. Um, But I'll ask Trent Richardson. But let me get into this Draymond Green video. And see, to me, Poop did not want nothing. He didn't want no smoke, and he just... They were already talking shit, and by the way, whoever leaked this is a bitch-made cat. Whoever leaked this video should be fired, castrated, whatever. This motherfucker's a bitch-made cat. But you see, Poole don't want no heat. He don't want no smoke. He's just a player. He's a young kid who's just trying to play. I think this is the epitome of a fake-ass good boy, fake bully. And my boy Marcellus Wiley almost beat Draymond Green's ass in Vegas one year. Uh, I won't get into it, but Draymond didn't didn't want any piece of Marcellus Wiley. Wonder why. But you're a bully on a basketball court against a dude that weighs 170 pounds. And why didn't you go after anyone significant, dog? Why didn't you go after anyone of significance? Um, I would be surprised if Draymond's on the team or if Poole don't ask for a trade. But what he did is a bitch-made move, in my opinion. And... Like, you knew who to bully. You knew who to bully, and it's unfortunate. You knew who to bully, and it's sad, dog. It is sad. Isaac Lord, dog, I, I'm really getting tired of you. You sound like a dumb fuck. Like, you say some dumb shit, dog. I I just don't get how much of it how much more ignorant can you be. Like, all you'd say is opposite of what everyone else is saying. That's all you like to do in the chat. Like, that shit is 
unbelievably comical to me. That's all you want to do is talk about anything opposite of what's in the chat. So I'm pretty sure you're just a bitch-made troll who's in here. Um, so I'm pretty sure. It's crazy, though. We're going to get uh, some shit ran and check it out. We're going to find out. Um, yeah, Draymond Green, dog. I lost all love. All love for the motherfucker. I think he's absolutely bitch-made. I wouldn't fucking give him a squirt of piss. I think he's the biggest bitch-made cat out there. Uh, like Shaq said, like Barkley has said before, even though I know they've 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 had little, they've talked back and all that. Um, um, you know... You know, that's the issue I have. I just think that Draymond's the biggest bitch-made cat in the world. And he is so fake, it's unbelievable. So, so you know, it's crazy to me, though. He said he's the one, he's the best defender of all time. Can you believe that shit? The best defender of all time over Rodman, Pippen, Kobe. Like, have you seen Kobe lock down Steph, uh... Uh, Stephen, uh, what the fuck, Stephen's name? Have you seen Curry get locked down by Kobe? Have you seen Curry get locked down by Kobe? Have you ever gone on YouTube and watched Kobe lock Steph Curry down? You should go check it out. And you wonder why people say that this is a fucking shitty ass era of scores who just shoot long ass threes because nobody plays D no more. But Kobe sure used to call Steph Curry out, and that motherfucker couldn't even get past Kobe. He couldn't even get a shot up. He couldn't even get a shot up. So, huh, we'll see. Draymond Green, the best ever. That motherfucker, imagine Draymond Green guarding Shaq in the fucking post. Come on, dog. Barkley and Rodman had to actually guard Shaq and try to hold their own. You imagine... Draymond Green trying to guard Shaq? Get the fuck out of here. Um, no, you did not miss anything. Trent Green, I mean Trent Richardson will be joining us here in about any minute. We'll get into that. Um Green is all shit show. He's a bitch. It is what it is. Um Blake Anders, shut up, dog. You're another troll, man. You're the same motherfucker as the other dumb motherfucker. Do you make how many how many accounts do you make? How many accounts do you motherfuckers make? Um What's up, Ash? You good? You better be good at Cali. Um, Eddie Manyweather's in the house. I got the Rams absolutely fucking stomping on the Cowboys this week. Wanna bet? Wanna bet a hundred, homie? Let's bet 100, dog. I'll get you a new Boost Mobile if you win. I got the Rams dog stomping the Cowboys, and that's going to get your boy Dak back in the ball game. Because if they win, homie, Dak ain't playing until Cooper Rush loses a game, dog. Let's keep it real. <laughs> Cooper Rush is going to start until he loses, dog. And they're not going to beat the Rams. They may beat the Rams, and then they got to play the Eagles. OBJ, in my opinion, I think he goes either back to the Rams, to Green Bay, 
Kansas City, the Bills, or possibly he may go to a place that you don't really expect him to go to. And I would not be shocked if he ends up in Tampa Bay. Don't be shocked if the motherfucker ends up in Tampa Bay. Just saying. Just saying. Um... I know I should bring Eddie on just to have a Dak Prescott uh, fucking meeting every week. The problem is Eddie's fucking shit will go in and out. I won't get a motherfucker to be on long enough. Um, Make sure you guys hit that like button, subscribe, become a member today. Um, Don't wait because we're going to be all members only soon, man. And uh, we're going to enter this first and 10 segment of the show. And uh, Trent Richardson, great Alabama Crimson Tide, former NFL running back, will be joining us. We're going to talk all things real, uncut, raw, all things NFL, Bama, college football, NFL weekend, everything. Uh, We're going to be talking it all. Short, fast, skinny, and tall. So just stay tuned for that. Uh, Poll question of the day. Do you like Amazon Prime for Thursday night football? Do you like Amazon Prime for Thursday night football? (sighs) I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Steve, if you can uh, create a banner for Trent, I forgot one. Uh, Maybe we could get his socials on there, his IG and stuff, Um, and everybody could follow. We'll see. Uh, TJ, you having issues with Amazon Prime, too? Because that shit is garbage. Um T Rich 33 underscore is Trent Richardson's deal. So check it out. Um, I think it's horrible. It's horrible for me. That's all that matters, dog. Like, I don't really give a fuck about anyone else, but it's shitty for me. So, like, I don't understand. If it's shitty for me, then why am I paying? Why am I paying? And. Of course, Isaac Lord likes Amazon Prime, dog. He he does anything we say opposite of. <laughs> uh, Amazon Prime is absolutely dog shit, dog. It is what it is. And um, he said Texas's internet is elite. Hey, hey, hey Lucy, is it elite? Because I heard you guys lost power for like a couple days. <laughs> um. Come on, man. Isaac Lord's dog, you are funny. I, let me ask you, are you at work right now? Are you at Walmart right now, motherfucker? TJ, it's bad. It's bad. Um, fucking Amazon's bad, dog. I'm going to be honest with you. It's bad. Um, get into these college games while we wait on Trent. Uh, we got some games tomorrow. By the way, the Warriors are investigating the video leak uh, of Draymond Green hitting um, hitting the fucking pool, Jordan Pool, which is an absolute joke. Um, so, games to discuss. To me, TCU-KU, the biggest game on the slate. Second biggest game on the slate is UCLA-Utah. Biggest game on the West Coast that I haven't seen in a long time. Okay. Uh, it is it is literally the best um, 
game on the slate for the West Coast in a long, long time. I haven't seen a West Coast game that means this much this late in a long time. Uh, Tennessee LSU, I, I, I don't know what to think because LSU's number 25 at 4-1, and one, haven't really played anyone. I don't think Tennessee's really played anyone. Uh, we're going to see TCU. I mean, if LSU beats Tennessee, then Tennessee is just the team we thought they were, just like half the SEC. Arkansas, Mississippi State. Uh, Arkansas is out of the top 25. Mississippi State's 4-1. and one. I could easily see Arkansas beating them. Um, Cincinnati is not really. Auburn, Georgia. Does Auburn show up with some fucking pride and win um, or not? I don't know. Uh, I don't. Georgia's played two horrible weeks in a row of football. So maybe they, maybe they can win. I don't know. Um, Ohio State, Michigan State. Normally, we would think it's a big game. It's not now, because Michigan State is absolutely dog shit. Ohio State is a twenty-seven point favorite. Does Michigan State drop some nuts and show up, or what? Um. Yeah, I don't know about that, Oos. <laughs> Good luck for me, huh? Um, Clemson, Boston College. I don't know if that's an upset alert or not. I, I wouldn't think it is. Um, Washington State, USC is a possibility. SC is favored by 13. Um, but, you know, I don't know if that's a real thing or not. Um, we'll see. Washington State beat Michigan or beat Wisconsin, but Wisconsin got fired. So we don't know how good Wisconsin is. I don't know if Wisconsin's very good at all. Obviously, they fired the coach, but it is 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 USC that good? I don't know. I'm curious to see that. We're gonna find out. Kentucky's got South Carolina. They should win. I don't know if Will Levis is playing or not. Will Levis has 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns on the season. Um, he was going to be a great guest this this past weekend, but they wouldn't let him come on. Uh, BYU-Notre Dame is an intriguing game. BYU is 4-1, lost to Oregon. K-State-Iowa State is a critical game. Iowa State's 3-2, got a good defense, but no offense. Kansas State's 4-1. Um, it's interesting. Alabama A&M, we all know Saban wants to blow them out. They're 23-point favorites. 23-point favorites Alabama is. I want to know. Do you think they blow out AM or not? We're going to find that out. Florida State, NC State. Florida State's not even in the top 25 anymore after losing last week to Wake. NC State at 4 and 1 is ranked number 14. I think NC State rolls them and I think Florida State is just a figment of our imagination. I don't think they're any good and I think they just started off the season playing a shitty LSU team. Uh, Oregon, Arizona is not really a game to me. Um, so there's not a lot of great games, but there's some meaningful football games this weekend. We'll talk to Brandon Lang in the three o'clock hour here to break down all things betting. Um, but you know, interesting to find out uh, these these weekend matchups. I'm I'm gonna see these weekend matchups. Oklahoma Texas is a big game, Red River rivalry game. Quinn Ewers is back for Texas. We're gonna see if Texas can 
get some momentum going for the rest of the year. We're going to see if they can get some momentum going for the rest of the year um, and see if they can figure out how to beat Oklahoma uh, after they had them down big last year, and that was the demise of Spencer Rattler. And then they brought in Caleb Williams, and Oklahoma's year jumped off and went wild. Now Caleb Williams is at SC. We got a new quarterback at Oklahoma. It's just an unbelievable situation. Um, I got a, I got a question for a lot of motherfuckers in here, though. Do you guys really think that gambling, the fan duels, draft kings of the world, all these things, do you think they have anything to do with how bad quarterback play is in the NFL right now? Because I'm be honest. I've been saying it. But what do I know? How long have I been saying quarterback play is the worst I've ever seen it? How long have I been saying? How long have I been saying that? I've been saying it quite a while. For quite a while, I've been saying it. So, interesting, interesting. I, I, I kind of, it's very interesting. I, I, NFL football is bad, and I have to start coming up with conspiracies now because of how bad quarterback play is. Quarterback play is absolutely, unbelievably bad right now. Because at some point, you got to start thinking. The left tackle last night for Denver. Um, hey, Mac, we, don't, we need a link. Um, Trent's having an issue coming on. So I don't know what's happening. Um, um Trying to get Trent, trying to get in here, and he's having some issues. So we're going to try to get that going. I just asked for a, te- a cell or an email. See if we can email it. But I'm going to – let me see if he just – if we resend him a thing. Um, I'm curious on – here's my correlation. If a left tackle gave up five sacks last night and he has a beef with somebody and somebody he owes somebody money or somebody has a big wager on, what? how do we know if the motherfucker tanks? I've never said, um, I got to sell. You want it? Um, I don't. Shit. Um, excuse me. I'm trying to get this cat on here. Um. um Shit. All right. Let me let me let me put it this way. If the motherfucker chokes and gives up five sacks on purpose because it meets the quota of the bookie, I don't we don't know how far off that is. It's bad. Quarterback play in football is the worst I've ever seen it right now. I'm gonna be honest. It is as bad as I've ever fucking seen it. And there's no way in the world Russell Wilson can be this bad, even in a new offense with a new coach. There's just no way. There's just no way that he could be that bad. There's just no way he could be that bad, dog. Um, it's unbelievable. So, a uni picks. I don't really like bitch made cats, so I'll, I'll talk to you later, bitch boy.
Um, you know, it's very, very bad football. I don't know where, where the root is. All I know is it starts at the transfer portal. And I, you thought I was fucking around? I posted that bitch. I posted that bitch last night. I posted that bitch last night. It is bad. It is bad football. Like, it is bad football, dog. It is the worst I've ever seen it. But what do I know? How long have I been saying it's bad? How long have I been saying football is as bad as I've ever seen it and quarterback play is as bad as I've ever, ever, ever seen it in the history of football? Nah, Colts. Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, Jared, Josh Allen, all these dudes are freaks. Uh, there was eight quarterbacks last week that threw for under 200 fucking yards in the NFL. If you watched my Jason Whitlock episode last Monday, go listen to that. You think that eight quarterbacks in the NFL in one week has ever thrown for under 200 yards. Mariota threw for fucking 133 yards. Kyler Murray threw for 190 yards. Baker Mayfield threw for 177 yards. Daniel Jones, who I have always defended, has threw for 77 yards. Justin Fields threw for 172 yards. Like, dog. Derek Carr. Everybody in this chat likes Derek Carr. He threw for 182 yards. Like, you got to be shitting me, dog. Like, you have to be absolutely shitting me how bad that motherfucker is. So, trying to get Trent on here, man. Fuck, dog. I don't know what's wrong with these fucking links. There's his email, Mac. I just sent you that, too. Try hitting them up. Um, You know, I don't know. It's bad fucking football. All I know is football is as bad as I've ever seen it. That's my fucking take of the fucking shit right now. I think it's bad. Jared Goff is playing his ass off because they're down. Because they're down. He gets more opportunities because their defense is so atrocious. So atrocious that he gets a lot of opportunities late in the game. And me and Hector broke this down, dog. Look at the Lions scoring. They're scoring in the beginning and they're scoring at the end because they're down. Derek Carr has the most fourth quarter comebacks, coach. Why are you hating on him? Because he gave up three interceptions for six before the fucking fourth quarter started. That's why Derek Carr's good. Motherfucker, you guys are fucking crazy. You don't get it. But it is what it is. Uh, without further ado, man, let me bring on my main man, man. If you don't know who this man is, um, he's a legend, man. If you haven't watched him in Alabama, Richardson this is what he used to do. He used to get funky on folks. Oh, my and goodness. And obviously, third pick in the NFL draft. Well, you and look for a moment, don't you? A yep. great year, a eleven touchdowns for your with the career. Brown. He goes to the Colts the and uh, has a perhaps. great couple years, and then he travels around from there. And just like any other player in the NFL, it's short lived. For all you fucking dick riding hater, haters out there that don't understand the game, um, we're gonna bring in our main man, Trent Richardson. Much love, much love, brother. Appreciate you coming in, man. 
Man, I so appreciate you, man. Nah, it's dog. It's a blessing to be here, bro. All love, brother. I appreciate you, man. You So what's up, man? You balling right now? Yeah, I did, well, I did some stuff in Mexico last year, man, and um, I ended up getting hurt like the first week before the season. I took my lateral meniscus and I um, took my partial uh, PCL. Uh-huh. I was in a hole blocking, and I went and and they weren't supposed to be going hard. You know what I mean? It was it was one of them type you know drills that you know it was kind of it was a light blitz pickup because they because I had to teach them like the difference from hey y'all need to be ready for blitzes and stuff like that. So I'm teaching them how to get prepared for the game because in Mexico it's good football out there, but they're so far behind. So really? my biggest thing, I was helping guys out out there and, you know, trying to teach the programs, you know, the different steps of hey, American yeah, yeah. football. And so, you know, on that page, man, um, the middle linebacker, Ray, actually the guy, he, he's from California. He uh, really? he ran a center over and both of them uh, fell into my damn leg. And um, I took, and, and when the doctor looked at it, the video, they were like, man, you should, like it's no way in where in the world you didn't tell your ACL. So they did the MRI, end up tearing my lateral meniscus and partial PCL. But I ain't really get to play that much for real. Um, I suppose I had surgery. I never got it done because I had some stuff uh, going on back home on some few few business businesses and trying to make sure I get all that set up before I go ahead and get this uh meniscus and, and partial PCL surgery done. But man, I done had so many people trying to get me to come back, JB. And it's just like for me, man. I got my four kids by myself. So, so for me, man, I, um, I, I choose family over, you know, football any day, man. You know, people don't realize like the the big times I missed in life because I was playing ball. You know, and ball takes up a lot of your time. And like even with coaching, people been trying to give me some coaching jobs, and I just like right now, man. I only got two more years with my girls. My girls are turning like my oldest girl be sixteen on the sixteenth of this month. Yeah, my youngest girl will be – she's 14 now, so I got, you know, a ninth grader and a 10th grader. And my boys, you know, my boys are going to be good because, you know, they're going to be playing ball. They're going to do what they want to do. But them girls, man, you miss out – I missed out on so much with them, man, like with cheerleading competitions, with gymnastics, and I never did a father-daughter's dance, man. You know, yeah. that's big, man. Hell, yeah. People don't think about yeah. that shit, man. A lot of people don't think about that stuff, man. I, I, talk, I had Marcellus Wiley on last week who played in the league for a long time, and – he was saying the same thing, man. He's like, man, I got my kids now. I, I love it, man. I, I miss it. I love it. You know, it is what it is. Now he's out of Fox. He started his own thing. And, uh, hey, man, that shit eats it up, man, especially coaching, man. I was 20 hours a day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what else can you do in 20 hours, 24 hours? You got to sleep somewhere, too. It's like. Man, and people don't re- people don't respect the grind of that. Like, they, they see players on the field playing, but they don't know the preparation that goes into <laughs> Like, like, JB, you was the head coach, and, and I think you was the athletic director, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like, how much, like, how much you had to like deal with, like, not just dealing with just parents, or you know, you had to protect these kids. You had to be a father figure to these kids, like, in a coach, and you had to be kind of like, I, I don't want to say buddy buddy with them, but you had to be somebody they can trust and, you know, what I mean, yeah. and respect at the same time, like, and not even with that, you had to check on academics. You had to make sure all that was done. Like, you had to make sure. The trainer room was set. You had to make sure the food was picked out. Right? Like, it, it's so much. Like, I respect what you, I respect what any head coach go through, man. Like, especially like being around Nick Saban. Like, like people don't know, man, that man up 6.30 in the morning at an academics meeting every morning. Like, yeah, yeah. like that stuff, like, is unseen. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And it's unreal to happen. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> Hell yeah. But people don't understand, man. And I respect you from the utmost rights, man. Because you, I mean, to do a show like that too, man, that's, that's, that's exploring a lot, you know, with 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 
with what y'all go through. And it's not even showing the, the bad that y'all go through. It's just showing the good that y'all go through as yeah. you know, coaches. Yeah, it was rough. It was it was interesting, man, because I didn't know what I was getting into. Cats think I was an actor. I was like, motherfucker, I ain't no actor. I was just doing it. They came and hollered at me. I was like, shit, you know, it is what it is. Man, speaking of Nick Saban and, and Bama, obviously they're right back in familiar territory undefeated. I think they just announced Bryce Young, who's a kid out here that I've been around since he was a little kid out from Cali. Uh, I think he's out, they just announced. Um you think that matters this weekend versus Jimbo and the boys over at AM or they got revenge on the mind? They're gonna go in there and handle business. Yeah, I think they're gonna go handle business. I don't think that matter, man. Like I tell people all the time, like people don't realize, man, a lot of our second screen guys that played at Alabama was better than our first screen guys. Right. Um, and, and I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. Right. When me and Mark was playing, we never when me and Mark Ingram was playing, we never said we had a starter. Right. I mean, because we know at any, you know, given time that, you know, both of us could have started on any team. And then, you know, when it was me and Eddie, like, you know, we couldn't slow down. Like, we had that train going. I mean, even when we had Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron, and A.J. McCarron, they winning three national championships. I mean, who does that? <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's stuff like that, man. But that 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 guy that got behind Bryce, man, a dog. And, and people, you know, they, they're on him hard because, you know, he, he's not the big thrower or yeah, something like yeah. that. I mean, but, man, it takes time for that. And you only need one year in the SEC. And, no and, you know, with that one year, this year, him coming in, like, it's going to be big for him. It's going to be big for his draft status when he, he do go to the league. But I think he's going to take care of business, man. And, and I talked to that kid. He's a military kid. But this kid here is like he's actually, like, into the game. Like, he's studying. He's been trying to find himself this whole time he was there. And he asked me, like, you know, when you're not a starter, like, how do you have a voice? I just got to tell him, man, you got to lead by example, bro. Like, them kids going to respect you regardless because my second year, you know, Mark had just won a high my freshman year. My second year, um, you know, Mark was coming back and he got injured. The first two games I started, man, balling out, um, had a big game against Penn State, had a big game against San Jose State, came back the third game, and I think it was Duke. He balled out and I balled out. And so, you know, and, and going from, you know, being a starter and now I'm back in, you know, second, it was just like, Okay, how do I show my impact? Man, I got on special teams. I was a special team All American two years in a row. <laughs> That's what like, people don't people get. Don't realize that. That's what people don't get. Nick Saban, you know, I, I know you were there. Was uh, when you were there, was Eric Keysaw there? I think Eric was a. Uh, was he like an analyst no, or something? Yeah, yeah. Eric was like a. Uh, I think he was like a GL or analyst or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. He was like he was an OC at University of Colorado, and that's what people do. They leave certain jobs and go with Coach Saban and become like an analyst off the field guy yeah. because they know what it could benefit him. Now he's the OC at Auburn, by the way. You know what I'm saying? So people don't realize. Like, like people don't realize that, man. Like you, you think about Charlie Strong. I know. So the Strongs came in being an analyst there. Like, I know. You think about the guys, like, and, and that's why people got to respect Nick because the stuff that he go through, like, he's not only losing players every year, he's losing whole coaching staffs every <laughs> year. Like, people surprised by that Texas game, but I wasn't. No doubt. Like that, first of all, it's a rival between Alabama and Texas. That, that's always been a big rival. But at the, second, at the same time, his offense coordinator was over there. Right, like, sorry. And, and that dude start man, he's a creative mind guy. Like yep. he, he's he's one of those guys that you know can can draw something up in the dirt, but he's gonna be definitely prepared. I mean, he got the pedigree. He, he's learned from the best, and you know, I mean, with, even with Kirby this year, like last year, like nobody was sad about the national championship. Alabama didn't lose. I mean, Alabama didn't win. Nobody, you know, that we grew up with, that I came up with, they was not sad because they got Cochran over there. Got 
They got a uh, uh, Kirby over there. They got all our guys that was in school. They was GAs and analysts over there. And so now these guys got an opportunity to be a head coach or uh, offense coordinator or defense coordinator somewhere. Like it, it's it's beautiful to us, man. It, it's almost just like watching family when you got that tree. You ever seen that tree of that family? And you got yeah, different yeah. names and like you got the roots and all this, man. That's, yeah, that's yeah. basically what it is for us, man. And it's, and it's a brotherhood. And you, you said that too. It's crazy because Sark not only coached for Saban, he coached with Pete Carroll at USC when they were mm. a powerhouse. So like he's been underneath yeah. probably two of the best college coaches in the last 50 years. And so now he's at Texas. You know, he's had a setback with Texas Tech losing. Uh, you know, I think he'll get them turned around though. But um, let me ask you something, man. Uh, people don't talk about it a lot. The, the, you go play in the AAF, which is one of these leagues that we've always seen. We've seen the XFL. I was actually a part of the XFL's first year when they came in existence, uh, and then it and it disappeared for twenty years. They came back during COVID, obviously. Now they're coming back again underneath the rock. Now we got the USFL again that's came back. These leagues notoriously just don't last. Uh, I had a lot of friends coaching in the AAF. I was actually out there when you guys were all in San Antonio practicing that first year. Um, and I had a bunch of buddies coaching in it and, and, and shit like that. And I was like, I hope it lasts, dog. But the way that it ended, can you explain what happened? Did did, it, did you or anyone get paid? Or how was shady was this deal? Well, man, it, it was crazy because, uh, what was his name? Charlie, Charlie, uh, Ever, Eversong? What was the oh, Eversong? Yeah. We, we was actually, you know, pretty cool. And I had just asked him that night before because Johnny football had hit me, you know, because we had just got Johnny into Memphis to play. Uh-huh. And he had hit me. He was like, man, hey, they saying the league's going to fold and all this other stuff. And so I had called Charlie like, hey, what's going on? He was like, nah, we're good. Um, NFL had just said they were going to um, back it. And that's what happened. NFL agreed to back, you know. And then hockey, up. didn't hockey get involved or something? Yeah, so this guy that that's supposed to be a big investor, he was a hockey guy, and he didn't like how I guess the money was you know put out there and stuff like that. Whatever it happened, it it was he didn't like he didn't like how it was you know distributed or whatever it was going. He's supposed to have lost out on like seventy million or sixty million. That's what it, that's what they tell me. Yeah, and so when it came down to it, he tried to tell the NFL what to do, and the NFL is like, well. We ain't got. We don't need y'all. Like right, we don't. Right. You can't tell me how to run my business. Right. Like that's like telling me how to come in there and <laughs> tell you how to run your offense or your team. No doubt. Or to run your TV show. Like you can't tell. Like I've been successful without you. Right. Right. You're gonna always be successful without you. And when right. the NFL don't mess with you, you're done. Like I've only seen one league stick around, and that's been the CFL. Yeah. Out of like, the I country. Know that. They, yeah. Yeah. That out of all of them, you know that 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 get players from those type of leagues and stuff like that. It's only been one that I've actually seen survive. I mean, but man, we, I, it's still a lot of money. I didn't get paid, man. I mean, I remember the first two or three weeks I didn't get a paycheck and it was just like, hold on, man, y'all using my face for everything. And I ain't got paid. And I was the only one, I was like one of the only ones who didn't get paid. I'm like, wait a minute, bro. I'm not even going to practice. Like that, that, look, I'm not dressing out. I'm really? not going to meetings. I ain't doing none of that until I get my money. But, you know, I had to sit back and think about it like, okay, I went to talk to my own head coach and you were like, hey, don't, you know, handle this the right way, you know, and I get what you, you're you you're saying. But, you know, me being older, I went to practice and I, you know, I stuck it out and, right. and I, I ended up getting my first two, three checks. But like the last few, man, I never got paid and it was a lot of pain. I made like over 20 some appearances, never got paid for that. Uh, um, shit. 
like man, it was so crazy because when they filed bankruptcy, like a lot of guys couldn't even file their taxes because of that. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I heard that. I heard that. I had some kids playing it too, and I'm just like, dog. That to me, that shit is unbelievable. Um, man, we had played Atlanta JB that week. We had won. We had just got into the playoffs. We were to go play um, the Gainesville team. We gonna have to play them back to back. We gonna have to play them for the last game of the season and um, the first week of playoffs. And so it was really for us. We only had two or three more weeks left, like one one regular season game. But the team from Atlanta, they said they stuff was outside of the hotel, and none of that stuff had been paid for. So they stuff was outside. Like a lot of them kids, like when they was out there at their uh, at their facilities or wherever they was coming from, or like they had to pay for their own flights. Like a lot of guys were stuck in their city for a while. It was crazy, man. But that league was a good league. Like it, it was real smash. There's dudes football, in there, old yeah. School type football. That, let me like, ask you this: Is are you? Do you have any admiration in going to USFL or or, or the XFL? Or are you you just focused on the kids and, and the family? Well, man, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. They had to they had to pay me enough to come out there, man. No um, doubt. Yeah, because I'm mad. not. I'm not right now. I'm not right about. I'm not about to have a startup lead, you know, right. start and kind of use my face for everything anymore, and then it crash, and you know, I'm left out there without nothing. Nah. But um, for me, man, um, I got so many different, you know, my hands on so many different things right now. Like, man, we could start up my own show, you know, and I definitely want to have you on there too, JB. Hell yeah. Um, we could start up our own show. It's gonna be called The Roast with the TR3. So we're gonna do radio, and we're gonna do a podcast. Really? It's gonna be just real talk, like how me and you talking, and yeah. you know, not just being so politically correct about right. everything, man. It's gonna be letting these guys know about a credit score, letting these guys know about financial, no letting doubt. the guys know about you know stuff like uh, you know, the the process. Like that's why it's called the ropes. No doubt, that's tight. I, I you know, I'm good friends with Eddie George, man. I was coaching his kid for a little bit, and, and uh, he's out. He's now coaching and stuff with Dion in that league. And it's good for that league, HBCU, I think, for those guys to be in there with faces like they have and the platforms they have. But he does financial literacy, man. And he, we talk all the time about stuff because he manages a lot of big, pe- big people's money. And he's just like, dog, what these kids don't know is really the issue. It ain't about what they mm. know because we don't know what we don't know and know what we know. And it's like these cats know nothing. And it's like ignorance is life-threatening, dog. And people don't really want to break it down and tell these cats. Like, that's why I was like I was with these kids. I'm like, dog, they're not going to tell you the real. They want you to fail. These motherfuckers want you to fail. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. And you better turn over rocks and find out what school you really choosing when you pull this whole hat shit because your ass going to be in the portal at a high rate like we're seeing right now. Um, what is your take on this portal shit, man? And, 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 and let me ask you a question. Uh, I want to ask you about some NFL stuff because of last night's horrific performance by both teams. Like the <laughs> NF, the I've never seen, and I've had some big guests on, and I'm like, dog, I've never seen football like transcend upwards from the lower tiers level. Like youth football, we got like Garrett Blunt, right? I, shit, I I was coaching against him in JUCO years ago before he went to Oregon, and he out here in youth football getting into scraps. We got. Cats shooting motherfuckers. Like, it's getting bad out here in youth football. Then we got high school. Cats is transferring four times in four years in high school. And then we get to college, and it's basically wild, wild west at this point. Um, 
And now NFL Cats is sitting out a contract demanding trades just like they are in the NBA. James Harden, Kyrie, I mean, we're seeing it. NBA and NFL, where back in the day, even when you played, guaranteed contract meant you was like, fuck, I'm stuck here. I got I to gotta ball or, 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 or stop crying and ball out. And nowadays you're seeing these cats being able to control the narrative. And I've seen like Bradley Bill. I've seen a couple cats came out that are actually real talkers. And was like, man, we fucked up by giving the players the control here. Because now these cats are playing, getting the bag, and now they're not even earning their 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 worth. Like these motherfuckers getting the keys to the car without even learning how to drive. It, you feel that way, or are you like, nah, fuck that. We need the money. We deserve it. Man, I feel I feel like it's it's kind of it plays uh the seesaw game. Yeah. It's on both ends, man. Cause when you talk about little league, you know, football. Man, like we were just in a situation last week. Last weekend, man, we are uh, we're we're at the game, and my son um, just got done playing. I mean, my son balling too. Just got done playing, and he's going through homecoming court after the game. And as soon as they're getting off the field, somebody's shooting at the game. We thinking like, hey, maybe it's some fireworks or something. It's homecoming weekend. Everybody's out there tailgating, having fun. And as we looking like this, that are going on, do, 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 do. I'm uh. talking, man. They just letting loose, and they're just like, man, you know, these these little league games are supposed to be a a Fun. peacemaker. Yeah, like it's supposed to like... be for these kids. Like whatever's going on in the street, it, it is what it is, you know. Um, but man, it, it's it's scary, man, because at the same time this is happening, everybody's running to their car, getting together. My business partner calling me and telling me her nephew just got shot in the back of the head at the game back at in Pensacola, back at home. Uh. And it's scary, man, because it's almost like, man, you forget, like, what's the importance of this game? Like, this, the discipline, the toughness, the teach character, the teach life, is it, that's what that's where it comes from. Because I never had a father figure. So my father figure was my coaches. I got like I've never stayed a night in the in the, in the, in the house with my dad. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't even get to know him until my freshman year in high school, sophomore year in high school, and I only met him three times. And so for me, like. It takes away the love for the game for these kids because some of those kids are going to be traumatized for the rest of their lives. And, you know, not even with that, even with the parents too, like, because we got a lot of good good parents out there too that come to the games, that come to the practices. And they really believe that, you know, this is making a difference for these kids' lives because now if you take away little league sports, uh, you got more trouble out there for these kids. You got more drug dealers on the street. You got more kids think they're going to be a rapper. You got more kids, you know, like football is, is for me, it was playing A, B, through Z. Like football was my life. And so, you mean, or at least sports was, you know, right, so right. like me growing up. We I stayed busy really playing seen, all the sports. Yeah, we yeah. played all sports. We didn't just do one sport. Yeah. And so, you know, with, with gun violence at games, like that wasn't going on when we was in school. Like when, when we was growing up, that, 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 that didn't happen. Like we, Okay, get into a fight or something, it happens. But it wasn't going that far, you know, when we was growing up, you know. I lose you. Um, hopefully, we get him back. Uh, I think he lost service. Um, it's crazy, man. All these live stream things is just, it's just kind of bad deal. Uh, let's see if we got him back. You back? You got me? Yeah, yeah, I'm back. All right, good deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like you were I'm saying back. all the sports we played all. The, and the re, I want to ask you something. We in the hood growing up, we played all the sports because once football season ended, 
That's when a lot of the homies got shot, gang banged, sold dope, whatever we did. So we had people like you're saying, coaches was like, nah, you motherfucking gonna go run track now. You're gonna play hoop. You're gonna wrestle. You gonna go, you ain't gonna go in these streets. You're gonna stay on this damn campus. And the problem we have nowadays, dog, these coaches are so worried about kissing these kids' asses so they don't transfer. They ain't telling them the truth no more. They're letting them come late. They're letting them go to class late. They're letting them miss practice and still playing them when you should be motherfucking their ass saying, get your ass here, and why don't I know where you're at? Because like when, when my kids weren't there at practice, like coaching in high school, I got a couple of kids in the chat. We had all black players, Polynesians, a couple of Hispanics, all inner city kids, and I knew without taking role, without any of that shit, like these mm-hmm. normal ass coaches do, I knew where my cats was because if they weren't there, I got a problem. Cause out in these streets right here on the fucking block, this is a hood. Like these cats is killing each other. And I'm yeah. like, get your fucking ass here. And that's why I had weights at 6 a.m. at the high school level. I wanted their asses up to school so then I could have them. But by doing that, you got to get some buy-in and get people to help with food, snacks, because these motherfuckers are going to be hungry. So you got to do all the things that a lot of cats don't think about. So we did all those things in inner city Long Beach and inner city Compton and all that my whole life. And these coaches now, dog, are so worried about just getting out, going to do their own thing. And these can really care less about the kids. And you wonder why they transferring at an all-time rate. I never had a motherfucker leave me ever. And I'm just like, shit, they're not leaving me because real recognizes real. But at the same time, man, we played those sports because we stayed out of the streets. And nowadays, like you said, gangsters never fuck with athletes. They knew. They didn't yeah, fuck with them. That was the past. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it never happened. Like, all right, this 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 going to be the one to make it. This one's going to change the future for the hood. This one's going to make these kids go the right direction. Like, that was never, that was never a problem, man. I mean... It's just certain stuff, man, that like you that was just the code. You know what I mean? That's that's just almost like the brother code. Like you, you just don't mess with athletes or do anything at a sporting event, man. And 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 it's so crazy because when you talk about guys transferring now, I mean here with the NLI deal, like I said, it's two sides of it. Like now you can put a guy, like say you put Bryce Brown, Bryce Young in in in, in the NLI, you know, situation, and now Say if you want to go back to California, or say if you weren't even thinking about it, but you offer him twenty million dollars. What what child is not going to jump at that? No doubt. And it, and it's almost scary because, like I say, it's, it's two situations to it because it, it might be a good thing for the child to have money early so he can get it out of the way. Okay, you mess up, and you're able to you know find out who's with you and who's not with you. But when you get to the NFL, you know how to handle money. Your family know how to handle money. Because, like, when I got to the NFL, like, man, I had so many people trying to pull me left to right to where, like, the, the three good people I had in my ear, like, I couldn't hear them. Like, I had a 1,000 people in one ear and three people right here telling me, like, hey, put this up. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to worry about this. I know it's family, but, but I couldn't hear that. And it was just like, man, like, I had to sit back when I had looked at a bank. I had looked at a bank statement like one time, and I had sat back and looked at all these different charges on my card that I didn't know was happening, or that was on my bank statements that I know I didn't make. JB, I dress like this all day. I, I move like this all day. Hell yeah, like I've never been the guy to, you know, do the Balenciaga type stuff. You know, I might go get me some every now and then, but 
it was just like that. That's never been me. And so, you know, and I started looking at that stuff, man, I had to, you know, and it instantly hit me. Like, these folks don't care about my family. They don't care about my kids. When I mean family, I mean my kids. Because if they was, they yep. wouldn't be doing me like this. No question. And it was like, you know, I, it's hard for me to say no. And it's hard for me, you know, to even look at one of my family's members as they portrayed me in a way like this. And so to be able to get there and talk to them or to you know be able to look them in the face again, I couldn't do it. Like I had to get away. Like that was the big reason of me going to Canada. It wasn't even going back to uh, uh, go play football and get, a, you know, get to, to, to get my career back. Nah, it was to go out there to get away and play football and, and have fun again. Like I had to get back to that. And so for me, man, like I, that, that's why I ended up moving to Birmingham when I came back from Canada. Like I got around some people that, you know, that really missed with me because I was me and not just because I was the Trent Richardson that everybody know on the field and wanted something for me. Like I really got around some guys that was really grinding and wanted more for me and they, cause they wanted more for themselves. Let me ask you but this. Man, how much yeah. money do you think you would have made at Alabama if you were going into school right now, like in this NIL deal? Five million? Man, I would have made, but it's still to this day, it's still number three jerseys from the national championships that's still around right now, man. Like it's crazy. <laughs> like it'd be full in that stadium, man. Like, I already know. Like I probably would have made, man, in, in college, if I had the same deal as they had, man, I probably would have made. $15 million. I was about to say, I said five. I knew that was low. I was about to say, would you made more than the league? Yeah, man, I probably would have took a big pay cut to go into the league. Yeah. Like, especially. <laughs> like, I, I would have took a big pay cut because I left early. You know what I'm saying? I left my junior year. Yeah, I think about it. I started my freshman year, and it was crazy because the way I started, because Upchurch was balling. Upchurch and Mark was going back and forth in the Virginia Tech game. Upchurch caught a Charlie horse, and he fumbled the ball. And so Coach asked me, like, you ready to go in? It was four minutes left in the game. And I went down on kickoff, made a tackle. First time I went down, I got shook. The Duke, uh, Chris Rogers cleaned him up, made him fumble. And, you know, I got a little praise for it. But the next time I went down there, I broke down and, and made the tackle. But the next time I got in, Coach was like, you ready to run the ball? It was two minutes left in the game. I ran about two or three folks over the first time. I almost scored the second time. And the next week, Mark got sick. And uh -huh. so everybody was sitting there saying they wanted to see more of Trent Richardson, the number three. And Coach had said it out in the um, – he went to me. He said, I want to see more of three. And went out there, man, balled out. And it was like me and Mark was a one-two punch the whole time. And so being part of that, I scored two nest, I scored two touchdowns in that championship. And so, like, like – I'm just talking about stats. Like Bryce made what two million last year or three million something or something like, like that. that last year. Yeah, and didn't play a snap. Right. Like, this is me playing. Right. And then coming out of high school, like these kids getting paid. What that boy Nico? Nico what, kid. What, I grew. I, I raised the kid, and his daddy played with me in JUCO. He's getting, I think, eight. Like, like I was the number one player in the nation. Like at, at that time, like when I was in school, like I was the number one guy, and so <laughs> like. To even look at that, man, is like, man, like I'm still trying to look for this back child support for me, man. Like I promise y'all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, dog, let, let me ask you this. Um, transitioning to the NFL, I'm all with the NIL in college and all that. I, I don't I don't necessarily like the way it's going down because I think kids are in the I'm locker room looking side eye at Nick that aren't playing a lot or the backup that ain't getting that big bag. Because the bottom line is 90% of these NIL deals are $300 or less. And there's only a small group that's getting the big bags. And 
$300 or less is the majority. And when those kids see these other kids like Nico coming in and he's going to get this big bag, and then this kid might think he's better than Nico, but he's not getting the bag at all, he's out of there. He's transferring, going to greener pastures. That's just what the world we're living in is now. Um, Transforming that to the league now, do you think that is a major problem because they're already paid, for instance, they're getting to the league now, do you think the work ethic and the grind is there to be great that it once was when we played? Because I'm not seeing it, though. Last night's game, Russell Wilson just got 250 mil, man, and he looks as bad as I could ever imagine seeing a quarterback in the NFL. Matt Ryan don't look much better. Uh, NFL quarterback landscape across the nation, in my opinion, college, pro, high school, is as bad as I've ever seen it. Athletically, we're better. We're more gifted. I mean, Lamar's a freak. Allen's a freak. Mahomes a freak. But I don't believe they're great at quarterback yet. And I don't know if they're really coming in there with the mentals that we had to actually train for because we were so hungry to get the bag. Now I think they're getting the bag so early that they're going to they're going to Dubai and chilling, dog, instead of actually meeting up with the wideouts and the backs and grinding and let's get it right. I think now it's more lax fair. They're chilling because they got the bag already before they've even had to really prove their worth. Kyler Murray, these other cats who are just struggling, in my opinion, because of what they're putting into it. And as you know, dog, you get out what you put in. And I know you was a grinder. And you could just look at your body, your structure, your health. You're always available. Like, cats don't take it like that no more. That Black Mamba, Kobe mentality. Like, I don't think that even exists anymore. And uh, I'm coaching these kids, and I'm like, dog, I, I don't see it. Am I wrong? You, you you agree? Argue with me. If not, or do you think so? Nah, like, like I tell you, man, it, it's, it's going to always be both sides to it. I think he might have got a call. Um, mostly they get a call. There you go. Figure you got a call, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I definitely agree with you when you say these cats are not hungry enough no more. I mean, when the last time you seen a big hit in the NFL? Like, it's been years. Like, it, it, like, like when the last time you almost really seen somebody just run some? Like, ever since they changed the rule on the, on, they call it. He's good. He's getting called. Yeah, I haven't seen a big hit in years, dog. I go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, like ever since they changed the rule on the crowning and stuff, they you know they called it the Trent Richardson rule. They call it. Yeah, dropping uh, your shoulder. Yeah, but like they, they, it's the game got so soft to where, and it's not being a uh, uh, sexist, but I believe by the time my son, to, I think he's gonna say by the time his son's graduating, he's he gonna see a lot of women playing the game. That's what I think he's gonna say because I'm right with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the time my son get to, you know, if he go that far to the NFL. A, a, a female would be running the ball. A female would be in the NFL playing ball. Oh my god! And I'm not just talking about a kicker. I'm oh my god! And I'm not sexist. I'm right with you, dog. I I'm I don't know if that's I don't know if that's if that's too far fetched, dog. I I I think I agree. Pro Bowl just put the pads away. Man, you look at you look at what they was doing. Like when last time, like the 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 last time I seen a big hit in a Pro Bowl was Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor, like, yeah. Think of a hit in a Pro Bowl. Like you had guys playing the video game at half or in the middle of the game. They, when them guys pulled out the phone, they was pulling out phones and tweeting and all this other stuff in the game. 
I was just like, man, it, it's just so different, man. Like, like where did this come from? Like, uh, I, I, dog, I, mean, I get I, I, okay. Don't have guys in the building as long as they used to. Like, you know, I mean, shoot, guys are only in the building what two and a half hours or maybe four hours for real now. I mean, that's crazy, dog. Because there's a twenty hour rule. We used to be in that motherfucker all day and night, and you was available too. Because coach would text your ass like, "Hey, dog, come watch this film. Come break this BPU down. Come pick up. Come check out these tendencies on this cross plug pressure. I'm gonna make sure you scan the protection or whatever it is. You pick this up on this formation. Like we're not doing that no more, dog. And you wonder why quarterbacks don't even know how to call out fronts. Yeah, man, it's different, man. Like I, I don't get it, man. Cause like the the struggle, the 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 grind. Like it take the struggle to have that grind. Like the grit of the game is taken away. Like it, it's being taken away, and then I think it's for me, it's taken for granted because the work that you know, guys like LT, the guys like uh, Jerry Rice, you know, guys like To, guys like Emmett Smith, guys like you know uh, Earl Campbell. You know, those guys there, those pioneers, you know, the Jim Browns that they put in to get to where to where hey, hey, it's going to be, you know, lights out no matter what. It's going to be I'm going to be available. I'm going to study like the Tom Brady's of the world, the Peyton man. It's like you don't have cats doing that type of work after they were doing like run these sand hills and stuff like it, it's so many different feet work nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Now, they so creative with that. Like it's man, it's totally different, JB. Like, and it's almost scary because it's taking the real football away, and it's making it so much creative. And it's almost like some of this stuff look like the Matrix when they do it. Like, you know, it's an act. Man, I don't know you where to go. Guys doing like, all like this dancing. Uh, let me ask you this then, like, because nobody knows, nobody knows. Um, but let me ask you, like, where do we go? Like, if I asked you, if I could just say, give me a one sentence or one word answer how we fix it like how do we fix it because you know me i'm gonna be the harder way and it ain't gonna be accepted or or accepted nationally or globally they're gonna turn my shit down because we're so soft how do we fix it and at least get back half of what we've lost because we've lost all the grit all the grind uh we saw a dude in the USFL make a tackle live on his ig this motherfucker actually had his phone live making a tackle like Dog, we are disrespecting the game and every forefather you just mentioned, from Lawrence Taylor to Barry Sanders, Eric Dickerson to Jim Brown, we have disrespected Jerry Rice, even the TOs of the world that grinded and worked. And and uh, and I'm not I'm be honest, dog, unless you're a genetic freak like a Miles Garrett, even Miles Garrett works out. But if you've looked at the bodies of these cats, because I got them, dog, I just had nine drafted this year. First rounder, Jermaine Johnson with the, with the Jets. These cats ain't working out like we did, dog. These cats ain't even, the bodies don't even look nothing like you. There's not even a running back in the league. Saquon Barkley maybe with his tree trunk legs. Besides that, there's not a lot of cats besides a genetically gifted Derrick Henry. How many cats really look like they work out and really want to stay healthy? Like, you don't see it, man, and it's crazy. Because the league, and there's no shame to the quarterbacks or the receivers or the cornerback. It's, it's went to so much of the seven-on-seven league to where, man, you know, they trying to take tackle out and, <laughs> until you get to high school now. Like, it, it's crazy. So you're going to have guys not trying to get bigger, stronger. Like, when I was going, when I was coming in, like, you, you had guys want to be stronger. But you look at the Mike Oscars, the Jerome Bettis, 
all them type guys like, hey, like we need to be, you know, big. Like even when we used to play the video yeah, game, yeah. you see the NCAA recruiting stuff and going through all that stuff. Like you see these guys lifting all these weights. That's what made me want to, hey, well, if these guys lifting 400 pounds or 500 pounds, like I need to be on this same scale. Like, it, like, like I don't, I don't get it. And I don't know where we, I, I don't know how we're going to get it back, but you need them yard dogs. It, it's nowhere around it. You know, and one thing I tell people when I'm doing training and when I'm training with my trainer, uh, he always hit me with this right here. He always kept me uh, believing in myself or believing in, you know, what I'm doing because he'll sit there and say, man, at the end of the day, man, it's your career. And it hit me like, man, like, I don't want to be known as this, you know, this, this guy is, you know, that's going to give up or. You know, if I'm trying to, you know, get through something with these kids and, you know, teach them, like, how do I get through them? Like, you know, you can't just sit out there and be like, you know, well, just go run some routes. That's your workout. No, workout is getting up in that thing and grinding, getting up in that, getting in that weight room. Then you do, you add some running to it. Then you go run your routes. Like, it's different stuff. Like, then you work on your technique. Like, it, it's different stuff. Like, all that stuff should go into one. Like, it's never been a time when I went in that weight room and just lifted weights. Right. Or just did, you know, right. a couple of different things. Like I I would I'll be in there for at least an hour, hour and a half, get my grind on, and then I'm gonna add running into it. And then I'm gonna get some extra work outside of that. Then I'm gonna go shoot me some film. Man, I remember man, when I was in school, but I didn't leave the, the film room because I used to watch film with the linemen. When I was in college, I didn't leave the film room until about 10, 30 or eleven. And that's if I didn't have um study hall after. Right, right. Like, like we was in there all night, man. Like, like if you look at if people look at my last year in school, like we was so in sync. I was so in sync. I had to challenge myself how to get better because we was so much better than everybody. I had to learn how to challenge myself. Yeah. Like, and that was that grind, and that was the grit, and that was the the process. Like, people got to understand the whole process of going through it. Like, because if you don't, like a lot of stuff been given to these kids, and, and it's way easier now. But like, and I know it's a new generation and, and I know, you know, stuff got to change and we can't hold on to everything, but that, that the memories that we have of real football, and I'm not saying they ain't playing football now, but the the smash, no, I mean, guys used to play. I mean, you go to the, go back to the hood or to the country where I'm from, they was playing with tools on their damn horn. They were... <laughs> I'm talking about, you talking about a monkey wrench. I'm talking about coming down. That's we, the same shit, like, dog. In the street. Man, in the street, like in the street, like you don't see none of these kids with busted up knees. No, man, look, man, it's let, crazy, let, man. We used to. Let me ask you this, dog. Why are we? So, I mean, we probably just answered it by what we just said. Because first of all, I think we're so soft that we don't even know the difference between injured and hurt. I think everyone no. is injured automatically. A little scrape on their neck, on their knee, on their ankle. They think it's an injury. They can't play, and they're out for weeks. I see it across the landscape: basketball, football, every level. Um, did we just answer it ourselves? Are they just completely just soft or is it a matter of preparation? They're just not working out like we once did on their own and they're just not able to take it off. Cause dog, we got guys like Bosa, JJ Watt, all these dudes that are hurt all the time. And, and it's like, they talking about, they don't lift like they don't, re- they don't really lift. They just take supplements. Well, you wonder why we so fucking hurt all the time. Like, we're the most injured I've ever seen in college and the NFL. Like, it's I've never seen nothing like it. Is it soft and they don't want to play, or is it really injured? Either way, though, we're missing our best players every week because we're hurt and not available. Basketball, football, baseball, I mean, we're seeing it everywhere. Is it because of seven-on-seven, seven, these 
these private damn trainers that just want to do cone drills and fucking yoga? Or is it because we're not really out there hitting that iron, going on our own, doing our own ladder drills with our boys, getting in the sand, getting in the beach, all the shit we used to do that we used to love doing because we were chasing that bag. I just think it's enabled, dog. We're enabled and we're taking the bag before we ever earn the bag, and that is making us soft. See, I think I think it's a little bit of both, man, because I think guys are, are softer now. And I mean, I mean, when you think about it, when we was growing up, you know, people thought we were softer than our parents. So, right. I mean, but it, it, it's this generation is so different, man. And, and but I definitely think you know trainers are not the trainers that you know that we used to have. Like it wasn't no getting getting you know getting hurt and all this other stuff like i remember man like shoot my even my rookie year like people don't even realize like like i had two knee surgeries right before the season and i mean week one of preseason i had a knee surgery came back the first week played through it uh knocked somebody helmet off and i think what week three i broke my ribs and played played 16 what 13 games like that were broken ribs you know getting shots and stuff like that but it was just different times, man. Like now, like it, it, it's so much of I don't know how to put it, man. It, I'm lost words with it, man, because it's almost like you don't want to offend nobody, but at the same time, I got to speak to them and tell them the truth. Like, <laughs> right, right, like it's a lot of them guys wouldn't be another play when we was playing. Hell like a lot no. of because they 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 couldn't get in the workout room with us, man. Hell like, no, and that's and that was the difference from the one percent. Like that was the difference, like. I used to try to pay guys to come with me. I wouldn't charge them no gas money or anything. I was driving right. out of high school to go to the sand dunes with me to run them hills and stuff. And guys didn't want it. And you see where they are now. They're in prison or jail or, or they dead somewhere because they didn't want to do this. But I go home and I see these same guys on the corner. When they see a, 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 a lick, they go run full speed by side by side, chasing who's going to go get that money. And it's like, man, if y'all would have put that time and effort in, to that grind on the field or basketball or something like, man, y'all fasting me. Y'all out here running the four three to a name car to hit a five dollar lick. <laughs> man, I'm trying. I was about to ask you, dog. How many more talented kids did we grow up th- with than ourselves that we saw just waste talent? And I, and I tell people every day, there's nothing in this world worse than a waste of talent, man. And we've grown up with so many, and it's in every hood, every borough, every city that we see. We grew up in each his own. It don't matter where you're from. I'm from Compton, only white boy. But at the end of the day, I've grown up with cats that are much better than any single player I've ever seen in the NFL. But we never know them because they're dead, jail, or buried, right? So it's like, I know you grew up with the same ones. I grew up with a, my boy. He, he didn't even want to go to. He never went to class one day in his four-year high school mm. career. Never even went to school. And his brother's head's cut off, found on his porch one day going to school and gang banging. They cut his brother's head off, put it on the porch. He wakes up to go to class first day. That made him a gangster and never went to school again. And, and people don't really realize the drama, the trials, the trip and the tribulation we go through in, in the inner city. People always want to compare that to some other BS. And it's like, dog, you have no fucking idea how it is not only sustained, but to get out the motherfucker and make yourself and life better for your surroundings and your folks. You got four kids, man. You're trying to make sure that they don't have to do what you got to do. And it's like, same with me. And it's like, man, it's a crazy world now, dog. And I just don't think these kids go through it anymore. Because of the coddling and the enabled, you know how it is. Coach Saban used to say it to you guys, too. You coach it or allow it. Like, 
you know, I, I heard Julio Jones speaking about practice before, like, you ran 2040s or 2100s and number, uh, number 20, you didn't finish through the line, you started over. And, and that's yep. what I've done the same, my whole coaching career as well. And it's like, you coach it or allow it. And if you allowed it, you probably would have quit in the fourth quarter in a natty. But guess what? He didn't allow you to do it. So it's just like we're allowing these kids to get away with so much now, dog. Like, I, I hear it every day. These kids are telling their parents what they will and won't eat, what they will and won't do. And I'm just sitting here like, what? I wish my my daddy would have beat the hell out of my ass if I'd have said some shit like that. Nowadays, you can't touch your kids. You're going to jail. It's like, what the fuck? We're so soft all the way around, dog. I don't know, Trent. It's crazy, man, because if we sit there and say, yeah, my, my mom used to whoop my tail, you know, they, now they think it's child abuse or, you know, <laughs> the, the chastising and all this other stuff, man. So it wasn't no... Uh, mental health when we was growing up. It wasn't all that. You know, it wasn't, you know, uh, uh, calling DHR, you know, DH, wherever it is in your city. Like, it wasn't that growing up. Um, I mean, hell, neighbors used to whoop right at. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's how we And we up. respected like, it. We respected it. Like, anybody could say, like, if you, it took a village. And, and that was our village. But, man, it, it's so different, man. And, and I don't get it, but... No, it's a lot of players. It's a lot of coaches that don't even, you know, uh, nowadays they don't even get to know these players. Like, you know, and that's why these players don't respect them and and, and talk to them like they do or, you know, transfer and all this other stuff, man. I mean, because when we was in school, it was none of that, man. Like, it, it's just so different, man. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find a way. And you let me know if you got any type of secrets <laughs> to, to, to get this to where – like you have these dogs, like you gotta have a dog, and you need more than one. Like you need more than one. Like man, and I to my son, man, we had went back to Alabama last year, and it, and it broke me. It, it almost broke me down. Like we was everywhere, and they they was seeing, and they and they and they'd have been a so many times, man. But they was seeing all this new stuff that got up, and they got all these pictures of me, and you know, I got my handprints and Denny Chimes, and you know, being a captain and a leader, and they got the rings and stuff up there. Now they. They they got the facility all you know boosted up. They got you know that complex is yeah is, no is doubt. Of, I was there with Sark. Yeah, my, I grew up with Sark, so I was down there a couple of years ago. That's just crazy. Yeah, so they got all these pictures of me, and so my son was saying, "Dang, Dad, your name is everywhere." I said, "Well, TJ, ain't that your name?" Or they said, "Nah, Dad, I gotta get my name up there. That's yours." And so it, it it hit me like okay, and so I asked them the other day. I said, "Man, do y'all wanna be a professional? Y'all wanna go to the lead or?" You know, y'all just want to go to college. My, my son said, um, my younger son said, I want to go to the NFL. So my older son said, I want more than that, Dad. I said, well, okay, I know how to get you there. You don't have to work now. He said, Dad, I've been ready to work. You know, because I, I don't coach my sons right now. I, you know, I do training with them, you know, after the season and stuff like that, keep them in shape. But I don't just be out there coaching them because I want them to be able to hear somebody else's voice. I don't want them to be in a point to where they just can't, you know, be coached by nobody else except for me. You know, I know some professional guys no that got kicked off the team because they couldn't take nobody else's career decision except for their fathers. And so looking at that, I had to change up the way I, you know, started talking to my son because I had to notice that, hey, I am Trent Richardson to everybody else, but to my son, I'm his dad yeah. that have done a lot. Hell yeah. That was the hardest thing for me, JB, to name my son after me because I didn't want him to feel like he had to live up to what I have done. But at the same time, man, like everything I put in front of my son, 
Like, man, he, he's been able to, because now they're ranking kids. Like, my son's like the number one player in the nation in his age group. Like, in, in football, on right. both sides of the field. Right. And, like, last year, we started letting him play basketball. He's like the number three player, top three players in the nation right now in his age group. And it was just, like, something like, okay, I'm, I'm watching him. Every day he come home from school, he'll probably, uh, if he ain't done run read his book, JB. Yeah, he'll read a book. He'll go outside and work on his game. That's 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 just him. That's his process. And you know, to see that type of process, like, okay, I, I did something right. It's it's the pedigree in him. But these parents are so soft these days, man. It's so absent of these kids' lives, they don't even know where to start with. Because they gotta realize, like, these kids got way more than we. Trent's a popular man, of course. You know he's going to get his phone blown up, dog. He's got all kind of things going on. I already know, brother. Shit, I appreciate you. Oh, man, we do it, man. But what, like, like I was saying, they got to realize that these kids got these, these these camera phones, right? They got they got this on every block. Yeah. They got Instagram on every block. They got Twitter on Instagram, uh, every block. They got YouTube on every block. They got all that. They do. That's why you see... That's why you see when you see dude, you see young black males every day getting robbed, jacked, or beat up. And what do you see? You see the video of it on Twitter instead of a motherfucker helping. They rather film it. Man, look, they're just like the stuff just happened with Draymond now. That stuff would have never got out. Would have never got out. I mean, look at this, dog. Like, who filmed this? Like, it would have never got out. Who filmed that? You know what I'm saying? Like, who leaked this? Like, I don't know. It's bad, man. We're in a bad, bad situation, man. Um, I think we lost him again. Um, yeah, I agree. It would have never, it would have never leaked. Uh, we just have a different culture, and uh, our next guest is going to blow you away with that. We're going to break it down here in a second. Um, Man, I can't thank Trent enough. I think he's having connection issues. Uh, I can't thank him enough for joining us and giving us all this time, man, out of his busy schedule. The great Alabama Crimson Tide running back, first round, third pick overall to the Cleveland Brown, Trent Richardson. Uh, much love to him, man, for showing up. Um, I'll shoot him a text, but we'll have to hook it up again and get him on here, man, and uh, I appreciate him joining us. Give us two minutes, man. We're going to go take a bathroom rest, and uh, I'm going to give me a drink, man. And I have a great, great guest lined up, and I appreciate her waiting patiently. She's going to join us right now and uh, in about two minutes. Uh, I'm going to make a bathroom break, let my dang dogs out, and we'll be back as long as this video lasts. I appreciate her. I'll introduce you to her and the world in about three minutes. Thanks for joining us. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. I appreciate you. I'll see you in three. But what do I know when I talk about the transfer portal being as shitty as it is, watering down college football? But what do I know when I say the landscape is completely open to anyone beating anyone? Have I not said it on this show? Did I not say it just a couple of days ago? Did I not do a video on Twitter about it? Did I not talk about it on my shows here? And people just, nah, coach, hell no. Nah. Really? So, 
Appalachian State goes into AM, a $40 million booster loaded roster. Coach makes $10 million a year. The head coach, Coach Clark at, at Appalachian, uh, Appalachian State, makes $425K a year. But what do I know? Appalachian State has one four star player on their roster, FYI. One. Texas AM has 56 four or five star players. Go look it up. Go Google it. Go check it out. Go look it up. 40, $125,000 the head coach makes. Texas A&M special teams coordinator makes $1 million. So what do you think Appalachian State special teams coordinator makes? I'd say maybe 100K. Maybe 100K. Maybe 100K. Maybe 100K. What do you think their quarterback coach makes? 45, 50. You know what A&M's quarterback coach makes? $325,000. Almost as much as the head football coach at Appalachian State. But what do I know when I say it's watered down and Appalachian State deserves to not have themselves even mentioned with the Texas A&M when it comes to going to their fucking house and beating them in a low-scoring affair when they just scored 61 points on North Carolina, another Power 5 team. So now Appalachian State can show that they can score 60 on you in a Power 5 school, and they can show they can beat you a higher-ranked team in a low-scoring affair. But what do I know? <laughs> 50. All right, all right, all right, man. Without further ado, I want to introduce you to this lady. She is a great female. Um, Kimberly K. Scott, she's going to join us here in a minute. Um, she's a writer. She's uh, trying to get her Ph.D. She's an Amazon number one bestseller. She's going to break down all things real, and we're going to get into a little few things that we, me and Trent were just talking about. Once again, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Uh, much love to Trent for joining us today. And uh, I appreciate every single person coming in here, man. Much love. And uh, Kimberly K., I appreciate you. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm super excited to be here. Man, I can't thank you enough. Making sure uh, you can hear me. I, I wanted to introduce you and, and let everyone know. I know... Uh, we just had Trent Richardson on, former NFL running back, and he was talking to us about a lot of things that we grew up in our era. And I, I, I thought this was the best. You're the best person to have on today because of the things that we were just discussing in our era growing up, getting basically whipped by our parents and not having any outlet. And we had to basically take it and accept it. And we think it made us grow yes. into what we think is greater and better humans than what we're witnessing today. You are a, explain what you do and explain, so I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. Explain to everybody, we got a few hundred people live in here. Explain to everybody what you do and, and what you're an advocate for. Yeah, absolutely. So just plus one on the, the culture. I'm 42. I'm a Gen X. My kids are Gen Z. Um, the approach that I took to parenting them was very much, what my dad, well, I'm going to say daddy, because if he hears me say dad, he'll be like, why the hell is she calling me dad? That's not what I, she, she doesn't call me that. He's Arkansas. He lives on a trailer in a mountain, on a mountain. 
uh, in Arkansas. He's kind of like a mix between Duck Dynasty, Jerry Springer, and MacGyver. So he taught me a lot. We did get we did get whoops. We got spankings. I grew up in Mississippi and Arkansas. Um, so for me, I, I took that yes ma'am, no ma'am approach to my kids. Um, if they ever gave me like a weird thought, it was like, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to like that? You right. know, they got a very quick uh, like, and they always knew what the look meant. They knew like, if mama looks at me this way, like I'm in trouble. And so I haven't had a lot of issues with my kids, but what I do is I am really focused on being an advocate for turning in any sort of pain into purpose, wounds into wisdom, kind of Pinterest it. I mean, basic bitching it out as much as I can here. It's just my jam. Like I have had two diseases. I've been sick, chronically ill since I've been 12. I've been through a, a lot of tragedies that a, pe a lot of people would probably focus on in the victim era, abuse, different things, divorces, um, death experiences. Today is actually the... Um, uh, anniversary of my sister. Well, it's her, her birthday, my sister who passed. So couldn't think of a better time to come on here and talk about turning. We see it in sports all the time. People turn what they uh, have as that internal struggle into some purpose. So what I coach on, I speak on, I write on, I host on is really taking that shit that we have down there that we could be a victim about and turn it into like power outward and sports allowed me to do that when I was in high school. Um, I've seen it with people. I mean, if it's art, if it's breeding, whatever it is, your jam. But sports definitely is a huge outlet, especially for inner city kids or people who grew up on government assistance like myself, poverty level in the South. You know, my outlet was sports. The way I got my anger out was sports, was either dance team, cheerleading sports, softball, basketball, whatever I was involved in. I'm highly competitive. Like, like highly, I'm that bitch. Like I'm like <laughs> at, at like dominoes or cards or cranium, uh, Pictionary. I'm that crazy bitch. That's like, no bitch, you're, tw you're, you're cheating. You're cheating. And people are like, calm the fuck down. So <laughs> I found that that was a good way to channel things. And I've grown up, obviously I'm, they call double clap Kim. Cause I came, I came from a I won't say the hood because I, I think the way I look, um, I'm half indigenous, but I, I present the way I do. But I did grow up in a place considered more hood-like. You know, it was very poverty level. I bounced around different um, mobile parks, uh, trailer parks growing up. And I had a different version. There was a, a version of me until I had to, to channel it differently. And I'll, I'll land my point here. That was what they call double clap, Kim. I was a backup dancer for a famous rapper, had a different body style back then. I hadn't lost a lot of weight from my illnesses. So definitely with like nineties hip hop rap <laughs> backup big kind of vibe. And, um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from an early age, you know, growing up in a community that people didn't look like me. So a lot of 95% uh, of the people I grew up with are from African-American black culture. And those are my friends, my aunties. It takes a village to raise kids. And those are the, who, you know, my mom's friends would whoop me, spank me for her. So, I mean, right. it, it definitely changed who I am, and I really appreciated the conversation um, that you had on before, for sure. No, nah, I appreciate But that's you. what I do. I appreciate you joining me. I put uh, her, your ticker on the bottom there, so make sure you follow her on Twitter. She is verified. She's been around. She knows what's going on. Um, so explain. You're actually autistic. Yeah, so... <sighs> My mom and dad, like I said, they didn't, um, they, they came from a different era. You know, they come from deep South Mississippi. They've taught themselves out of a lot of behaviors, but they didn't read or write exactly the same as like other people did. So when my mom, they tested me when I was 
five years old in school. I was exceptionally bright. They said, they said, don't come at me. Um, and so they tested me because I had some social issues. I still do. Like, you'll see I'm, I'm fucking weird. It's all good. But they tested me and they put on the paper uh, um, autistic. Now, back in the 80s, you know, this is like 1986, my, mom, my mama didn't really know what that meant. And I was always doing stuff. You know, I'm considered Hollywood by my dad. I had a writing deal back in the day. So my, my daddy, he adopted me and then took me on his, his own. He never wanted to hear anything about any sort of like autism or drama or whatever. He's like, she's fucking smart, so fuck y'all. So my mom thought it meant artistic because in the South, you get these little slang terms like pneumonia. They pronounce pneumonia. So she heard autistic and thought artistic. So I went my whole life wondering why I didn't have no friends. I was like, well, damn, I guess damn. I'm just weird, which is the truth. So yeah, I don't present as what you would see as autistic, but I have embraced that as of the last couple of years. But I want people to see this is what autism looks like too. And it might help you um, in conversations with people that are on the spectrum. If you stand that maybe they don't understand some of your social cues and maybe what they say is not dry or rude. It's just coming off as like, from their brain, it's processed differently. So yeah, I'm an advocate for um, the the hashtag. There is actually autistic. That someone on Twitter created that one, so I have that in my bio. But um, I just find that you know, the more we realize we're all fucking weird, the better. No and doubt. just accept people as they are. People no try doubt. to put me in a box and tell me, "Don't use swear words as a woman on Twitter Spaces or when you're hosting." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" lived through so many near-death experiences you are not gonna tell me that i cannot use the word bitch or fuck today no thank you man i love it Every, everyone knows if i'm bringing you on my show then you know they're not gonna just be some regular random we're gonna be legit it don't matter who we are so i appreciate you repping um so listen you're a number one amazon bestseller so am i by the way much love to you clap it up um what 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 got you to write a book and what is it about so I have I have a couple. The one that hit one has been moved uh, down so we could republish it with more stories. And also with my sister's death, I wanted to change up some things. So um, I always wanted to write. I mean, I've been writing since I was 12. I went to college for journalism. Had um, I've been a journalist for newspapers back in the day when, you know, us old ass people reading newspapers. So I was doing that. Moved to blogging, Martha Stewart, um, Chicago Sun-Times, all that stuff. But one of the things that got me to writing was abuse. I was abused at a certain age, and it was the way I got the rage out, the anger, um, and I just put it on paper. I didn't even know that's what it was. I was doing. I just picked it up, and then when it came to a book, um, I've lived some. I've lived some lives. So the following that you connected with me on, that's an old following, or that's like an old school following. I had a TV show. I was married to a professional musician, famous drummer. I was married to someone in politics. There was, you know, a lot that went on that I had a whole different life. I was Mormon at one point, a stay-at-home Mormon housewife. Um, like I said, I was the backup dancer. I've done TV shows, music. So I lived a thousand lives, and I kept people come ask me, would you like to turn this into a book? And I just wanted to wait because I felt, and this is a good lesson for people to learn, I felt like I needed to be Oprah before I wrote a book. You know, I was like, I got to be a billionaire or something, but I got to have that end story. No, your story is enough. If you've been through some shit and you overcame that in whatever way it is, you can turn that into a story. So mine was uh, shattering the stigma and it was the focus on mental health and the stigma around women who deal with mental health and different things in entrepreneurship. 
So for me, growing up, um, I've looked younger than my age at times, and men wouldn't take me seriously in sports. I used to analyze sports in college, um, fantasy football. You know, I beat their asses every year, and they don't understand why they think I'm cheating. Or um, in other aspects with entrepreneurship, I have a partner, and we'd go to these events and go to a meeting, and they would talk to him. He's 10 years younger than me, don't know shit about our business. He's just there to help out with certain things. They're talking to him. And then I'm sitting in the blazer jacket talking normal, and they would always direct to the other person. So just talked a lot about you know your mental health and overcoming pain, over like physical pain that I deal with. I have a plate in my neck from different injuries and random shit. I'm like Robocop in this bitch. But um, <laughs> definitely, you know, just overcoming. Like we can be a victim to our circumstances. We've all seen that. And I think that's what you were talking about earlier to these younger kids. You know, my kids. They're, we do well, they're taken care of, but as soon as they graduated, I was like, college, plan, job, whatever the fuck you want, do that, but you're not sticking around here just hanging out like, I'm going to figure it out. No, I will help you with that, but I just, I feel like I've almost, you know, I've almost given up quite a bit in my life. I've not dealt with depression like some people as much or some of the things that they've dealt with, but I can see how you could get there, and my book is about just taking whatever the fuck it is that you feel has been like that that I cannot get through it and then moving forward and then teaching people, I think Brown says, you know, keep going because your story will be someone else's survival guide later. And I just really believe that. So that's what the book is about. The newest one coming out is more of a tell all because that's what you do when you start to get to certain levels and you want to tell the whole fucking story and you realize um, if people wanted you to write better about them, then they would have treated you better. Uh, per no fucking doubt. So, Hallelujah. I'm making a right? tell-all too. I'm writing one too now, God damn it. Um, I but, saw you on uh, Next You, was it? Is it Next You? Last Chance You. Last Chance You. Yep. And I remember you know, just watching um, with my partner and my kids. And one of the things that drew me to your show was the fact that you just, you know, you didn't care. You were real and you were real with your your kids. You can tell that you love the people you work with, but at the same time, you were like, I'm not going to bullshit you. And when people coach with me, work with me, it's the way I take that stance. If you're talking to me, I, I, I have this thing where it's like, I'm allergic to bullshit. The minute you start talking bullshit, I start itching. I start feeling, I'm just not, I, it's like not working. And I'm <laughs> like, okay, let's just chill a minute. I'll give you a minute to recollect yourself and come at me differently because the bullshit is a meter is going off high. And I recognize that with you. Um, and I've watched you, I guess, um, I'm stalker level. I've watched you over the last year that I found you on Twitter. And um, I, I just, you know, even most recently with the Tua injury, I really appreciated that you just came out straight and said what you had to say. So definitely have been um, inspired by that and derivative sorts and just being able to stand in my truth and, and tell what I have to do. Um, I'm excited for that tell-all. I'll definitely pre-order it. No, I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about writing a second book. I've been working on it. Um, l let me ask you this. I want to ask you something. You, you said something that caught my attention. You said victim of circumstance. Is that what you said? Um, yeah. I, I agree with you totally, and I also think we are a product of our environment. So if you say both of those things in one, I don't know if it's an oxymoron or not, but I think it kind of goes hand in hand and like for me for you sound exactly kind of like how i am how we grew up we're kind of a product of our environment um but we also are a victim of our circumstance so uh mm -hmm. it's very interesting that you said that you 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 talk about mental health and i want to ask you someone that knows much more about it than my, than i do i deal with what 
my gut tells me. Like, I go with, like, gut instinct, character evaluation, making me what I've been known as the best recruiter in America. I do it because I think real recognizes real. And I grew up in an, in a time where I lived in a car uh, mm. in the worst neighborhood in America at the time in Compton. And yeah. I was raised by the biggest dope dealer in United States history. And it was very easy for me to follow him and make a left at the stop sign. But I said, I'm going to make a right without any guidance whatsoever. All myself. So when, when I hear mental health and I hear all these things and I hear these people like Delonte West out here who, who claim mental health right now, and I, I, I want to hear the definition from you, a professional in this business, and I want to clarify because I think a lot of us out here right now are using mental health, the term, as a crutch for mental weakness, and I just want to take, and you can tell me you're a fucking idiot and you're wrong. I would love it. And, or you can say, you know what? I, I do see what you're saying. I'm just, well, I'm just interested in learning the difference because there's so many mentally weak people out here right now who don't really want to uh, toughen their skin. They don't really want to go the extra mile. And then they want to say, all right, we cl I'm claiming mental health. And the last time I checked, mental health chooses us because I'm sure... Kimberly, you didn't wake up one morning and say, uh, I think I want to be autistic today. I think autism, yeah. autism chose you. Am I correct? Yeah, I, I would agree. I'm going to speak on a spectrum here. So I do largely agree that we do have some people that use mental health examples as crutches because it's so accepted now in um, societal culture and we do promote mental health awareness. I do believe that you do find people that sort of attach onto that as a way of like making an excuse for what they do or making an excuse for what they don't do. So I will agree with that. On the other side, I want to give one caveat before we move back to that is I, I've worked with a lot of people, um, friends, family, partners, kids, every, every level over the years that I've been doing this about 20 years. There are some people where the mental health absolutely unbreakable um, unless they get help from someone and our, our society is fucked up when it comes to giving mental health um, help. We don't have good practices in place. And I'll tell you when I had postpartum, I was asking anybody for help. That's the only time I've ever had depression is postpartum depression. That hit me in a bizarre fucking way. And probably I had it because I thought a little bit like you you did fully, where I was like, mental health's not a thing, it's a crutch. Because I've been abused, sexually assaulted twice in my life. Like I got the fuck up and moved on, parented by the same parents and made different choices. So I was thinking that way until postpartum hit me. I couldn't move. I was just sitting on the fucking couch, like holding my child, going, Why are guns, trigger warning for anybody, but guns and knives flashing into my head? That's some shit that I didn't choose. And I couldn't stop it, couldn't figure it out. Uh, didn't want to, um, the first uh, three months of my daughter being born, I had some issue with her because I thought she took time away from my son because they were only three months, a year apart, three months when I got pregnant with her. My son was three months. I couldn't even look at her. You know, and I'm 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 okay saying this now, but I would have been ashamed years ago. I would leave her in her uh, crib for like an hour or two, and I don't know why I would just had so much weird shit going on with hormones and chemicals. So the caveat that I will add there is when it comes to chemical imbalances, when it comes to actual sustained uh, diagnosed 
disorders because everybody's out here self-diagnosing these days. I got autism. I got ADHD. I got this. I got that. Um, you need to get help first. You need to get per like actually diagnosed and then see what environmental issues are. I'm sure we've all seen those quotes. It's like, before you think that you're bipolar, check to see if you've got some assholes or idiots around you. Cause that bet you, like you said, your environment affects times. So I will say that what I've seen and I do think that people get upset with me and I'll probably get some trolls is it's about willpower. So chemical issues. Okay. I got that. If you can't get out of bed, but I will tell you this while having postpartum depression at the worst version, I still had enough wherewithal to say, I need to say something to someone. I need to get help. I can't just sit here and I can't blame everything. I can't abuse my husband. I can't abuse my kids. I can't go kill my kids and then blame that. Now, with people who have psychotic breaks, I think that's a whole different uh, story, and we could that's, we put that to the side. But what I'm seeing is this mental health crutch, especially in sports right now. You're seeing some people that are like, oh, it worked for so-and-so. So like when I do something, hit my wife, or my wife hits me, or we got some drama, or I'm drunk driving, I'm going to blame it on mental health. It's becoming a crutch, especially in sports, because that blurred line around the concussion syndrome that we're seeing a lot of players have, that blurred line where they do actually have some mental repercussions because of what's going on. Other people, other sports players are saying, oh, I can use this one to get empathy. So I absolutely agree with you on some ways, but as a mental health advocate, anyone watching this, if I were to say, not, but never, it's never something that you didn't choose or that, that you can't um, control. I would get in trouble for that because as someone who has a degree and I'm working in psychology toward a PhD, I have seen many people that their brain waves does not allow them to move forward or choose differently. And we're not talking about those type people, but the people that you're talking about, and I'll throw it back to you. Um, what I found is your environment hundred percent matters. Even if you're somebody who has a chemical dependency, uh, sorry, imbalances. When I left Arkansas, I left because I was like, I'm not going to end up and no stereotype here, but this was my brain setting at the time. Fuck being barefoot and pregnant and working at a Walmart when I'm 17 years old, right? So I left and went out to, you know, <laughs> this is going to be horrible. Utah became barefoot and pregnant, which is Mormon. So, like, I just traded, you know, I just married a, a Mormon man and just traded the situation. <laughs> but I what love I'll, your sense of humor. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll end with this. You know, I moved out of my environment, though, and this small-minded we just live in trailer parks. We're white trash. Um, there's a song by Reba McIntyre called Fancy. Now, my mom never tricked me out or anything like that, as the song suggests. But there's a part at the end that says, you know, I might have been born plain white trash, but Fancy was my name. And I live on that shit because my dad nicknamed me Hollywood. And as many times as people try to put me down and call me white trash or basic or whatever the fuck, even though I am mixed, you just can't see it. I was like, you know what? I might be white trash. But let me own it and use it to the best of my ability and figure out how to change my environment. So the minute I started being of the mind of not being the smartest person in the room, if I walk into a room and I'm the smartest person, I'm, the wrong, I'm in the wrong room. I need to walk into a room where people are leveling up, always. And that's why when I watched you on um, uh, Last Chance, whatever it is, the Netflix show, I'll, get, I'll mess it up every time, yeah. Last Chance You, um, basically, I just, you know, I, I really resonated with the... I'm listening to you. I hear you, but I'm not taking that bullshit from y'all today. You're either going to show up, get it right, or you got to go. And I appreciate that because oftentimes, and I'll, I'll end the point here, we just let so many people get away with so much shit. 
And guess what? You're teaching them how to treat you and you're teaching them how to be with other people. So when I teach my kids from a young age, when they would fight, um, my son Jaden's here, my daughter Lou's here, they're 18 and 19. When I taught them, when you, like my son, months after I spanked him, um, I told him, you can't be like that. Or when they fought, I said, you know why? Because you're going to have a partner, a coach, a friend, a boss, society, and they're not going to be able to, they're not going to let you get away with this shit. So I have to let you know right now, this is not okay. And by the time they got older, they were of the understanding that you don't treat people a certain way. You don't make excuses for your own behavior. My son's been telling me about his own self-development this week at eight, at 19. And it's really teaching me that the environment that you are in, he obviously lives with a mom that's all about mindset and growth and all of that, but also can like, you know, catch an eyeball real fast. Like, what the fuck do you say? And he has to get, pull it together. So that, that's the difference. And um we did go, I think we went a little bit too far. You said coddling earlier, and I call it enabling. Um, and enabling people to sort of just say, I can't do it. I've got ADHD. I can't focus. I can't think. Um, not to say those aren't real things, but we do need to have a bigger conversation around them and that crutch that you were talking about. Let me ask you this. Um, a lady goes 100 miles an hour through a red light, kills four people um, in L.A., a Houston lady that's here. Apparently, she's got like four or five other speeding incidents. Apparently, after they looked her history up, it was viral video. She goes to court. She says her lawyers claim mental health. Um, there's no history whatsoever. They, she has no history. There's no other incidences where she's claimed mental health. She had DUI. She's had reckless driving. I've seen it more and more and more and more. Like you said. And I'm not going to harp on the crutch thing, but, you know, she gets to court and claims mental health all of a sudden. And it's funny how these people can just come out of nowhere and say, now I'm, all of a sudden I'm going to choose mental health. It, does, it didn't choose me whatsoever, though. I knew what I was doing driving through this red light at 115 miles an hour. I also knew when I picked up an AK-47 and got my mom to drive me 200 miles to go kill a bunch of people, I knew that, too, and then claimed mental health. And then he got, he got off. I mean, I'm seeing yeah. this shit all over America. Like, I'm curious as to see as to why we are allowing it and not coaching it as a, in society. I'm confused on how we all of a sudden can accept mental health and without any investigation, without any documentation, without any proof that you really have an issue. Um, and if you have an issue, I don't think you could be able to drive and do the shit that you're doing anyway. But I don't understand how we're this ignorant as society. Well, one, I don't necessarily think they're ignorant. I think these people know exactly what they're doing. So let's let's. No, I'm talking about the idea. judge. I'm talking about the judge that's, that's allowing I mean. it to happen. No, no, the the, the judge knows. Oh, and I'll I got tell you. you why I, I think this. Because let's uh, the the woman you were talking about was she white that went through the the red light? I think she was black. You know? Okay, so. On a large scale, right. what happens usually is white people get away with the mental health. Thing. No doubt. So no doubt. Dudes up, a fucking 17 different schools. It's mental health. Okay, I mean, but when we asked you before, how's your kid doing? It's like, he, we didn't see any signs. 
So how the fuck did you not see signs? Mental health, see, you see signs, right? So if a person's in actual mental health issues, you do see signs. Now, suicide, I'm not going to talk about that because people can hide that well. But when people are writing out shit and walking around with outfits and, you know, I check my kids' stuff every now and then. Y'all can hate me all you want, but I'll just take something and be like, they don't have diagrams and guns and AK-47s in here. That's weird shit. So I think at the end of the day, you know, it, when we talk about um, white, the white community, they're given a much higher threshold for that bullshit about, well, I just ran my, you know, I've got a friend whose whole family was almost killed because if someone ran her car years ago into a cracker barrel. Now her daughter died, her and her husband couldn't go to the funeral. They're both in comas. The kid, two of the other kids are hurt for life. Um, she lives with this her whole life. The woman was like, I was depressed. The thing about that is the woman has never apologized. The woman has never like spoke up and been like, you know what? Um, I'm so sorry that that happened. If it was mental health, she would have been like, I am so sorry. I was fucking out of my mind. It's just a, it's just a way of people not wanting to take accountability for the choice they made in what they were in. I've seen people with mental health make some bad choices. That's fine. But you got dude that you said shot at the school. We've got people that have literally written out, written out manifestos against women, black people, uh, white people, different people, and just start shooting people because they were angry at some shit. We have to start talking at parental levels. Um, my son came to me the end of school and said, Mom, I'm addicted to the Xbox. What? Oh, okay. He said, sell it. What? I was like, let's calm down a little bit. And he's like, no. He could tell because the way we talk about intuition, which is what you said, you go with your gut. I had talked to him already about different things in life. So he already knew intuitively. He straight up said, take it from me because if, I, if you let me play it at all right now until I figure out what I want to do with my life, I'm only going to want to zone out and forget about life. We have to start having conversations with our kids. We cannot rely on the coach. We cannot rely on the school system. But on the other side, we have to do what we can to supplement when a parent can't do it at home or they're busy. I was a mom. I definitely understand how hard that is. Um, I was jumping buses four hours in the morning to get them to school and to get to work when I was a single mom myself. I understand that times are hard and you want to lose your mind. But have to remember, kids did not choose to be born. And from the moment they're born, it is a daily process of conditioning their mental health, asking what's going on, figuring out what the fuck they're about to do, who are their friends, um, do they have outlets. So if you're allowing your kid to play Madden all day, but not actually get out and fucking run in the sunshine and like see nature, what? why is he playing football on a fucking Xbox as his only outlet? Well, he's introverted. You can run on a track by yourself. You don't yeah. got to talk to a motherfucker, right? <laughs> I go run on the track. I don't talk to shit. I'm just like doing my own thing. So we have to instill in people that it's not okay to create excuses for people. Stop creating the excuses for them. Because what I've learned is if you give someone an excuse, they will accept it. And they'll oh, run with not, it. You're not. Yeah, that, that they will own it. So you, if you go, oh, baby, it's not your fault because you had a mental mental thing. That's what the first thing parents do because they don't want to believe that their child has something wrong with them. So we got these narcissist ass parents running around being like, my child doesn't have a mental disorder. My friend didn't have that. And then they get caught. They hurt someone. The first thing those motherfuckers do is maybe it wasn't your fault because you got a mental illness, no doubt. which is it? 
Bitch, which is it? You can't choose either or. Your ex-husband said you were crazy as fuck, tried to tell everybody that you were dangerous, then you run into a fucking store or through a red light, and now you got a mental illness, but when your husband was screaming it, you weren't all about it. And then on the other side, we have to stop putting mental illness on the wrong people. So that's why I ask about here, because someone like myself can talk like I do, or a black woman could come on here. She'd be the angry black woman. It'd be like, oh, we don't want to talk to her. Or a black dude could talk and it'd be like, oh, he, he comes from the hood. We don't, I mean, we're not going to talk to him. But you get some suburbia kid or some whitewashed, some middle American that is acting the way that they do. And all of a sudden we have to go with, we need a better mental health system in the U.S. Right, bitch. We know. The inner city's been asking for this for years. All the shit they've been dealing with. We're walking down the street seeing their cousins, aunties, brothers being shot every single day like a fucking war zone. You don't care about mental health over there. But, you know chad and robert over here in fucking suburbia you know can't put down his fucking xbox long enough to get like some air to his brain and we just say mental illness and i know i sound uncompassionate give compassion but we have to start being real because the shit's going left field fast and i don't know how far we can it can go before we can not bring it back i agree i agree with you totally I, and i i can't believe uh you are this real, so um, I, I I can't thank you enough for coming on and being this person. I mean, you have not rocked the house here today, so I, I have nothing but love. We got to do it again. Um, yeah, of course. Thank I'll have you so to have much. You on again. I feel so honored. And I no, I'm honored you came on, and, and I have a social worker in the house here, and a lot of people follow you on Twitter. So uh, make sure you hit her follower and. Uh, she brought some great insight, and she was real, and you don't get that a lot nowadays. So I appreciate you coming on, Kimberly. And like I said, anything you ever need from me, let me know. And I'm glad you're local. Sure. You're not too far from me, so I, we'll have to hook up and and, yeah. uh, and uh, get together. And like I said, anything you need, uh, let me know. I'll come speak or whatever you need. I appreciate you coming on Yeah, so I'm looking much. forward to that. I'll let my people know. I already kind of threw it out there. So for anybody who... Um, you know, is dealing with mental health. We do always want to end with this. You are de dealing with mental health. You just say something to someone. You're not alone. We've all been through something. We, we had our opinions here today, but at the end of the day, we don't know what you're going through. We cannot, we cannot say that we do. So I want to give compassion for that. Reach out. My DMs are always open. If I don't have the answer, I'll at least get you somewhere to find the answer that you might need. But uh, thank you so much uh, for having me. I look forward to all the real talk that you bring to my Twitter timeline. I always look forward to it. You're the first person I go to when some shit happens on the football field and in my fantasy league. So thank you so much. And uh, everybody throw some crisscross fingers for my fantasy football. I made some bad choices and didn't play Lamar two weeks ago, and that was fucking dumb as fuck because he made like 42 points and put me down. Hey, hey, place, hey, before you leave, before you, before you leave, we have the world's greatest handicapper. He's right here. So, so please, Brandon Lang, this is Kimberly K. Scott. Um, hey, hey, Brandon, tell, tell Kimberly real fast. Um, Kimberly, if you don't know, go to BrandonLang.com. If you don't know about the movie called All for the Money, Matthew McConaughey played this stop, man. Stop, stop. You can't even get it right. It's two for the money. Fuck, two all for the, the money. I, mean, I don't know. Money. I don't really give a fuck. Two for the money. I actually watched two for though? the money. This is who it's about right here. I feel like I'm... I'm here in like royalty right now. Thank you for the that, introduction. That's who the I'm movie's about, and I fucked it up. But that's who the no, movie's about. Let me just let, let me just say this, just to add, because I was listening to what you were talking about, and I get in arguments with people all the time that if a kid, percentagely speaking, if a kid kid does not turn out right, 
it is 100% on the parents. If you decide to have a child, you are responsible for that child 24-7 for 18 years old. And the only reason why that child goes down the wrong road is because it's not getting the love and attention it requires from its parents. That is your job, to love that child and give that child everything it needs for 18 years. And if you do that, you watch the movie, if you read my book, Dad tried to kill my mom when I was 10, got 5 to 15 in prison for attempted murder. My dad was an alcoholic. He was going to kill our whole family. And every time I was faced with peer pressure and every time I had a bad decision to make, you know what the last thing went through my head? I love my mother so much. If I decide on A, what's that going to do to her? And if I decide on B, what's that going to do to her? And every single time it was A, why? Because I didn't want to disappoint my mother. Why? Because she gave me unconditional love my entire life. And that's where it's missed, right? She's 100% correct. It's the parents, man. The kid's just a little computer that you take out of the oven and you get to program it for 18 years. That's the only job you have. And if you don't program that baby correctly, it's going to get a virus. Who knows what virus? But it's going to go off the deep end, bro. Simple as that. Program the computer right. They'll go to Harvard, Yale, they'll be successful in life. But if you don't take the time to program that computer, there's a very good chance that computer's going to end up busted, in jail, see you, wouldn't want to be you. That's the B-Lang rant, baby. Hey, B-Lang, she said he went, he went that hard. she fucked up because she didn't pick Lamar Jackson. Is that is that a good thing or a bad thing right now this week? Who's her quarterback? This week, yeah, this week. Uh, so I, I got stuck with, I fucked up. Got on the phone in our draft, and <coughs> Lamar's my first quarterback, but my backup is Jay Hurts. So, I mean, it's not a bad backup, but it's not Lamar Are you out level. Of your mind? So You're week, gonna be fine all year. You got Jay Hurts and I, Lamar. Last, yeah, but last week I did. I accidentally. It was a fuck up. I moved Lamar on an accident, and then I'm so I'm one down. I'm in second place now in two of my leagues. When usually I always stay at one. So I'm just hoping I can move back up. So just fingers crossed. Right. So I play Lamar is what you're saying. Play Lamar. Okay. Always play well, Lamar. You're, you're never going to go wrong with either one. But okay, here's perfect. my – listen, it's week five. If it's week 13 and things aren't going well, start to worry. You got a long way to go. Right? Yeah, if you're, yeah. If you're I'm feeling good. you're sitting at number two, you're fine, baby girl. Absolutely fine. Yeah. And I have more points. I'm at two, but I have more points. Five That's it? Yeah, so that's it. You're fine. You're I'm absolutely good. fine. Thank you okay. so much. Oh, thank you for you the introduction. It. I'm gonna watch and I'm gonna go find your stuff. And I did watch you for the money, actually. I'll give you my thoughts on that privately on Twitter. Uh JB, thank you so much. Hey Kimberly, and, um, I appreciate so you so much. You. Thank you, you so much. I'll, see, I'll talk to you soon. Great meeting you. Bye bye. Um all right, Brandon. All for the, listen, all for the money. I fucked really it. I was doing a million things. I'm trying to do a million Unreal, fucking things. Bro, are you on CBD treats I don't know about, bro? Candidates. <laughs> yeah, okay. I knew that was coming. Hey, um, I think Lamar Jackson's absolute fucking dog shit. So is Jalen Hurts. But we're not going to get into that. So anyway, let's get into... Uh, I'm glad to see you, man. I, you know, it's like it's like Brandon's been fucking me a little bit. He's hit and miss. He's got surgery. Is I think he's eating a lot of pussy. So I listen, think the motherfucker's out eating pussy. Listen to me. Let's let's start this off on the right foot. 
guys driving got i don't know if i told this one guys driving down to west virginia uh pulls in one of those grimy service stations did i tell this one no so he pulls in one of these really grimy grimy service stations just crusty it's got like one pump but he had to go real bad so he walked a couple cars in the parking lot so he walks in the guy behind the counter has like three teeth missing long greasy hair glasses doing a crossword puzzle got like chicken stuck in his teeth he goes hey do i need one of those wooden keys to go to the bathroom guy goes no nah, man i always keep my bathroom open he's like all right thanks he turns corner walks back to the bathroom opens the door and there's a guy against the urinal there's a guy behind him banging him in the ass and a guy behind him banging him in the ass the guy runs back to the to the counter and goes bro do you know what you got going on in your bathroom you got a guy against the urinal you got a guy banging him in the ass and a guy behind him banging him in the ass and the guy looks up and says the guy in the middle did he have red hair guy says yeah he goes oh that's red he's lucky in cards too (laughs) come on dog god damn Clap it up. Clap it up for Brandon Lane. B-Lane. B-Lane's coming in on one. Brings the energy every day. If you don't know about Brandon Lane, you better go to BrandonLane.com and get the best bets for the weekend. Um, I'm on fire, bro. I'm on fire right now, Um, especially college. I did five straight in college. Kansas last Saturday. Outright over Iowa State. UCLA over over Washington. Um, UCF uh, Wednesday night. Uh, tonight we got Rutgers plus three over Nebraska. Uh, tomorrow I love uh, I love LSU plus the points over Tennessee. Got a great stat for your listeners with with LSU Tennessee. If if both LSU and Tennessee are coming into a game, or more or less Tennessee, if Tennessee's coming into a game playing a team and they both were favorites in their previous game, which LSU was and Tennessee was, Tennessee is three and eleven straight up. One and thirteen against the spread, and if they're playing an SEC team, they are one and nine straight up. Zero and ten against the number. You saw LSU just dominate a really good Mississippi State offense, held them to fifteen. I love LSU in this game plus the three. How soon we forget Tennessee rolled into Pitt and probably should have lost that game outright. Pitt had first and goal twice, settled for field goals in that game, and lost in overtime. So. Um, I get the hype behind Tennessee, but you're telling me they're going to roll into LSU and beat this, this LSU team that's won four in a row, and Brian Kelly's got them heading in the right direction. Uh, I think LSU's the right side of the game. Hey, uh, interested. I, I, previous before the season, I'm on record, of course, everyone knows. I, I, told, I told everybody KU would be 5-0. and They are. I said they would win seven-plus games. They will. Now, at this point, I think if they beat TCU, I'm going to put three grand on them – because they are plus three thousand to win the Big Twelve right now, I might put three grand on them to win it. Am I idiot? Does TCU roll them, or does KU legit? And do they have a shot at winning this game? Four and TCU, five and KU. First time they're both ranked in the top twenty in eight years. Who do you got? And is it the biggest game on the slate? Um, it, it's the biggest game on the slate as far as. What's at what's at stake for both teams? And I, I just want to point out something. On a Fansville homecoming so, by Dr. Pepper. Surprise! See sorry, that's me. Are we running? All right, sorry. So if you look at, at TCU so far, they played Colorado, garbage, Carrington State, 
SMU, who took him to the wire, 42-34. Former coach. Really, former coach. Yeah, and, a, and a really bad Oklahoma team, as we're finding out. And everybody's all hyped about them. So now you take a step back and you look at Kansas. And goes into West Virginia, down 14. Well, first of all, go back to last year. Beat Texas as a 31-point dog. Covered the next two games. So covered three straight. And then this year they come in. OT beat West Virginia, go into Houston and thump the Houston Cougars, beat a solid Duke team at home, and then their defense figures out a way to beat Iowa State. That's a really good Iowa State defense, top 10 defense, and they figured out a way to get it done. I think seven's way too many. At BrandonLang.com, when I released a 200 dimer, it's my biggest college play of the year. I had Kansas plus the points over Iowa State. I got another 200-dimer or, or 150 going on Saturday. I want to make it this game, but I have a rule. I never come back with the same team again, just a letdown and everything. I do like Kansas plus the points here. They're, they're a personal ATM machine right now. Eight straight covers going back to last year. I have a saying, Coach, winners go with streaks, losers bet against them. Um, I learned my lesson Monday night. I Again, I had um, – I had Cincinnati last Thursday, UCLA Friday, Kansas Saturday, Dallas over Washington Sunday, and went against that. Niners have beat the Rams seven in a row, and I bent over, grabbed my ankles, and watched Matthew Stafford take a Louisville slugger, not the thin end with the handle, but the big fat end, and just shoved it right up my anal cavity, looked at me and smiled, and said, how'd you like that pick six when we're going for the backdoor cover? So I went against it. I take all the, the anal penetration pain and ugliness that came along with it. But like I said, came back with came back with UCF. And then, of course, Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson. One should be bagging groceries. And the other should be working at a car wash. I don't get it. It's a I, I don't the understand. Edges. What is there you not coach? to get? There is not a coach on the planet Earth. There's not a football coach on the planet Earth. Stay with me here. And I pose this question to you. There's not a football coach, junior high, high school, college, or pro. That if you set them down in a conference room and said, here's your situation. 2.13 to go, you're up by three, you have third and fourth, their 11-yard line, and they have one timeout left. What are you going to do? Every coach would say, I'm going to run the football, I'm going to let them use the last timeout, I'm going to kick that field goal and go up by six, and I'm going to force them to go 75 yards to beat me with no timeouts and 2.07 on the clock. That's exactly what every single coach would say. Hackett calls a pack pass play. Wilson throws the pick, and you end up losing a game that you had every right winning. Four teams you can't. Four things you can't handicap: penalties, turnovers, coaching stupidity, and player stupidity. I swear to God, Russell Wilson's lucky, and Nathaniel Hackett's lucky that I don't live in the city of Denver. Because had I lived in Denver, I would have went right down to the facility. I'd have had aluminum bat. And I would have done damage. I'd have went to jail. I'd have stood before the judge. I'd have pled temporary insanity. I would have told him the story of how they cost me money. He'd have put me in a mental institution for 30 days. I'd have been good, bro. Good drugs. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. I'd have had all kind of shit going on, hanging out with the with, with the crazies. That's seriously exactly what would have happened. Exactly. Let me let me let me let me go back even another one. Let me go. Let me give you another different deal. You get away with it. You have an opportunity to tie the game. Two minutes left in the game, in overtime. Isn't a fucking tie in the NFL when your job's on the line every single game better than a loss? 
let me just say this. Fourth and four, yes. Fourth and five, yes. Fourth and one, I, I, you have to go for it there. The play call was horrible. He had the guy open in the slot. But but listen, Russ is garbage right now. If, if, it, if, the, if the saying is let Russ cook, that motherfucker's a busboy cleaning the dishes in the back of the restaurant right now. I mean, he, he got nothing. He's gotten five draft picks, three first rounds, and $245 million. And what's that get you? A quarterback that's tapping some fine-ass pussy at home. That's all that's getting you with his little Jerry curls, his little let Russ cook curls. Fuck you, you prick. Next. He's fucked. All right. Biggest game on the West Coast in quite a time, quite some time. Utah's got to win out to even have a hope and a prayer. UCLA's undefeated this late in the year is a shocker. SC's undefeated. I want to see UCLA-SC play right here in LA, both undefeated. Can it happen? Does UCLA get through Utah, or is Utah back on a mission and wins out? Bro, I'm going to tell you something right now. You ready? Yeah. And, and tell me if you agree. Tell me if you agree with what I'm about to say. You ready? Yep. Okay. This quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, yep. is playing himself into a first-round draft pick. Wow. You, wow. See this kid th- you see this kid throw the football? Every pass is on the money. They got four or five wide receivers that don't drop shit. Have you watched them play? Yeah. I, 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 make, I've been around Dorian. Every, coach, they make every single catch. Everyone, no, no wonder he leads the nation in completion percentage. They don't drop anything. Yeah. Only thing stopping me from snapping the rubber band on this game is the Utes have absolutely dominated the series, five and straight up and against the spread. But I think Chip's got something with this team. Their defense played much better until it got helter skelter against Washington. Um, I, I think the Bruins cover the number. I really do, and I think they possibly win the game outright. But again, I, I don't. When it when you've owned a series like Utah has. I just got it. I want to. I really do. They were so good to me over Washington, but I think this one I'm just going to watch and, and enjoy. No, I got you. Uh, I think so too. I think UCLA is under the radar. I, I don't think people understand that they're kind of playing the low end of it. Everyone's hyping SC, and UCLA is just winning every game over here on the side. Nobody thinks about what's over here in Pasadena and the Rose Bowl. All right, let's move on to the NFL. I think college football wise, Alabama plays a and I don't think anyone gives a fuck. I think Saban, even without Bryce Young, they're going to cover 23 against a and I think a and waiting to fire uh, Jimbo Fisher, uh, the most overpriced coach in America. So let me get to this um, before I get to Brett Favre's dick pic to my chat. Let me just say, hold on, let me just say this real quick. You can pay kids to play now in college. a and has an open checkbook. How the fuck do you not have an elite five-star QB running your offense, making $500,000 to do Jim Bob's car commercial and driving his ass a brand-new Bentley? When has Jimbo had one? When has Jimbo had one? And don't say Jameis Winston because Jameis Winston was recruited by Jeremy Pruitt and Odell. He does not have an elite quarterback under his resume, and we're paying him fucking $10 million. But what yeah, do I know? Crazy. Crazy. All right. NFL Slate. I broke it down this morning on my football show. I'm going to have to get you on it. We get about 500 people live. We got 200 people live right now. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member, BrandonLang.com. Best betting person in America. I want to break down. There's some games that are – I'm not going to go through them all. We'll get you in and out of here. 
We have some very, very important games, even though the games themselves against each other may not look very good on sexy. They're very, very uh, deep in implication before other teams. And a team, a game like the Giants versus the Packers, they're both three and one. Aaron Rodgers figuring out his wideouts who he does, doesn't have. Daniel Jones figuring out the O-line and wideouts he doesn't have. Both three and one. One team's going to go to four and one. One's going to go to three and two. Um, having said that, and I know I'm saying a lot, the Eagles also play the Cardinals, which is very important. The Dallas plays the Rams. Any of those teams lose in this division, we have a very, very tight NFC East. The Packers have to get through this in a way that they have to host a playoff game because they just have to use that snow late in the season because they don't have the wideouts unless they get OBJ. Giants, Packers, Packers minus eight. I am going with the fucking Giants all day long. Are you agreeing or no? Okay, you took four minutes. Four I know. I'm sorry. I'm describing sorry. that game. I'm sorry. I had like one minute before I got to go to my next radio show, and I got to hear you rant about it. So I'm just going to give you this. There have been a total of literally. There have been a total of six games played across the pond that featured a spread of more than seven points. The favorite is six and zero oh straight up and five and one against the spread. Good luck with your Giants player with a banged-up Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor and concussion protocol, and Webb sitting there waiting to go. You watch Aaron Rodgers and the boys win this game by 10 or more. Quickly, you got to ride Cooper Rush. If you couldn't protect Matthew Stafford against the Niners, good luck protecting him against that D-line of Dallas, and they're laying five and a half. Come on, man. Cooper Rush, 4-0 straight up, 4-0 against the spread. All the kid does is win and cover the number. You're getting value with Dallas. Get on Dallas plus the points. Last but not least, the B-Lang upset special. They come back to beat Jacksonville. Got to travel all the way out to the desert. And they got the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. You watch Arizona plus the six hang in there. And if Philadelphia ain't careful in a letdown flat spot, they can lose this game outright. Give me Arizona plus the points. I hope you enjoyed the gay joke. We'll have one each and every week on the Coach's Show. Because remember, nothing. have you ever in your life ran into a gay person who wasn't smiling? Nope, they as happy as can be. Have a good week, everybody. Be lying like a fat girl in dodgeball. Hey, hey, hold on. The Ra- the Raiders Chiefs play Monday. Patrick Mahomes six and zero straight up, five and one against the six and six and one straight up, six and one six and one straight up, six and one against the spread on Monday night. You lose with Mahomes before you try to win with the car crash. I'm out. See you, coach. Later. Appreciate him. Brandon Lang, unlike any other. Make sure you follow him, BrandonLang.com. Um, check him out, BrandonLang.com. He's been winning this year so far, so go check his points out in his games. Um, man, what a show. It's been action-packed. Um, even with all the trolls and the bitch-made cats, man, it's been an action-packed uh, show. Much love to Kimberly. I thought she rocked the fucking house, if anybody listened at all, other than just hated and talk shit. Um, dog, Andrew Lockett, how many fucking accounts are you going to make, homie? How, how big of a bitch are you? Holy fuck. How many bitch-made cats can we fucking find in our goddamn chat? Um, I'm blocking you, you dumb fuck. I'm the one blocking you. <laughs> um, anyway, man, it's been a hell of a show. Uh, I appreciate everybody coming on in and pounding the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Become a member. 
Uh, much love to everybody making this show grow, man. That's what she said, Lucy. Make sure I'll see you Monday. Me and Matt McChesney team up every day, 6 a.m. Pacific, right on the Wake Up Show. Matt McChesney and myself will break down all things this past weekend, plus Monday night's football game on Monday, and you'll get the best football coaching show in America every single morning, 6 a.m. Pacific, right here on the Coach JB Show on YouTube. Subscribe, become a member, because we will be going members only. All coaches out there, if you guys want to get some real deal shit, make sure you become a member, dog, because we're going to be growing this thing just like fucking Roman.com. They're going to be a new sponsor, and they're going to be growing our things, men. So make sure you pop that little pill, because a lot of you bitch-made motherfuckers got pussies. Just throwing it out there. I appreciate all you guys, man. And uh, listen, I'll upgrade it, Dale. If you guys want to call in, if anybody wants to call in, check me out. Hit me up. Call in. I'll have a little 5, 10-minute after hours right now, right here. So I'll pop the link in the chat um, if you guys want to call in. Um, we'll drop a link, Mac will drop a link, and then you guys will get screened because you guys are all a bunch of fucking weirdos. But other than that, I'll check you out Monday. Much love. Have a good weekend. Stay tuned for all my goddamn videos. You know I'm going to be going ape shit out here on these fucking quarterbacks. And uh, much love to everybody. Blanco, old former teammate, or a player of mine, Watts up in the house, Lock High School. Much love. One of my uh, great pass-protecting old tackles. Held Bruce Irvin to zero sacks uh, when we played him years ago in junior college. Cameron Lowe is in the house. One of my favorites of all time. Uh, Compton Light right there. Compton College alum in the house. Much love. Appreciate everybody, man. Hit the like button. Go to CoachJBStore.com. Get you some merch, some gear. And uh, I'll see you guys next week for another great one, man. We got an action-packed, star-studded lineup next week for interviews. So stay tuned. Keep hitting the pound button, man. After Hours link is right there. Hit it up. Hub City in the house. Cameron. Swoop. I'm out. Peace. I'm a chameleon, they call me, man. Yeah. I can go in and walk into any any type of uh, any home, any background, walk down any street in, in the country, in my opinion, and I think that real recognizes real. It's a new, new venture to have. Yeah. The Coach JV Show uh, with the fabulous Coach Sarah Blake. I am ready to do some content. Coach JV Show. Give it to you straight, no chaser. Sarah Blake.